Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Once Upon a Time on the Outer Rim, the finale. Uh, so this is going to be the last episode of Once Upon a Time on the Outer Rim. Uh, we are coming back next week with a different thing. Uh, but uh, we finished up our thing, and this is a perfect opportunity for me to talk about a new concept we have going forward. <laughs> Uh, which is uh, the subject of miniseries. Uh, so we we we've done a couple of shorter form, uh, shorter form uh, campaigns in our actual plays here at Financial Films, and uh, we are basically instituting that as a thing, where uh, and it'll, it'll be labeled as such. Where shorter form campaigns are now going to be referred to as miniseries, um, where and and we're going to try to move away from doing one-shots and do more mini-series in, in that vein. So rather than trying to, when we have a one-shot, we want to do cram everything into one session. It might be two sessions. It might be three sessions. Um, and also with, with campaigns with, you know, people who are, you know, newer to GMing or with just have a story idea that can last, that, that can be done and over a lot quicker, uh, those will be resigned to a mini-series and it'll only be a couple of episodes, so there's no there's no impetus to continue on beyond what needs to be done, um, and that's just a, that's just sort of a branding thing on our end. And going forward, you'll see uh, a lot more of those. Uh, but we are speaking of branding, we are Final Show Films. We produce a wide variety of content every day of the week. You can check us out on our website at finalshowfilms.com. You can also check us out on our Patreon page at patreon.com/fsfilms. And I am Sinstaku, the executive producer, and I in, in the Outer Rim miniseries, I was playing Jinimazo uh, Zardu, uh, a Chiss Marauder, and uh, with me today is Corvus. I'm Corvus. I was playing Finn Lian Diang, the Saraian Doctor. And Antitonic? I am Antitonic, and I played VK3T, the Droid Scholar. And Zagrog? Hi, I'm Zagrog. I played Seer Seelnor, a Rodian pilot. And Navarin. Yeah, I'm Navarin, and I was uh, trying to keep track of this mess. <laughs> was I mean, Jimmy. Yeah. So, uh, for many of us, I think this was our first time playing uh, Edge of the Empire, wasn't it? I think mean, Navarin did one Yes. I think I didn't. You guys play like a one shot or something nope. in it a while back. Or? No, that was Fantasy Ages. Right. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah, it was my first one um, as well. Uh, well. Yeah. So um, it was my first time playing it. I've, I've played a couple of uh, Star Wars things, like like the the previous one one shot that we did was 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 Fantasy Age conversion. Uh, I've also played a little bit with Sagas. Um. And so this was this was this was a very different, a very very different um, system to what I'm used to, uh, with the unique dice and all. And not a not a bad system, but very very interesting, very different from a D20 system or a D10 system or the standard dice systems. Um, I really liked it. It's um it's the system that we play uh, in our uh, my other one of the game I play with some friends and the situations that you get into. Um, it gives you, as a GM and as a player, it gives you so much more license to come up with interesting and fun things. Uh, once you get the hang of that, um, it's it adds a lot to the game. What it, actually, what it actually reminds me of is Shadowrun a lot. And Shadowrun is my favorite RPG system. Um, 
it, it reminds me very much of that in, in the idea that you have attributes and skills and the two together combined give you a limited dice pool and the objective is to get successes. It's just they 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 took the standard D6 that Shadowrun uses and, you know, spread it out amongst other dice types and made uh rather than Shadowrun takes successes as a uh, takes a, a a normal success as a five or a six and a glitch or a failure as a one. Or sorry, a glitch is a one, which could be worse than a failure, and a failure is anything else. Um, it takes that and then sort of expands upon it. I like the I like the the dice thing. I found like that was I quite interesting, but uh, interesting. Like it kind of maybe had the opposite feel, the opposite than Navarin about the as you said, the gives you the freedom to come up with stuff, which is cool, but it also kind of requires that you come up with stuff constantly yeah, and i wasn't <laughs> super happy with that because it's like if you if you're playing say D one most of the time it's you know you do an attack or a skill or whatever it's a success or a failure that and no you, there's sort of no commentary on that and occasionally there'll be a crit and it's a big deal and everybody's like ah hey, crit and you maybe i you know say like i spin around backwards and count off the head of the goblin or something cool but this basically requires you to come up with something interesting on almost every role at different levels, depending on how many successes and failures and triumphs and despairs you come up with. And it, it was kind of exhausting. And there's just a lot, like you have to come up with something constantly. That is why we had this table here, which was advantage and threat and how you could spend it. Yeah, but it was a start. But... Also built into your character sheets was so. Um... So it it does it does have the, it does have the problem that Shadowrun runs into a lot. Uh, they're, they're not as not necessarily as, as bad as Shadowrun. It's actually a little worse than Shadowrun in this regard, which is when you have infinite options, or when you have a ton of options, it's often hard to discern what those options actually are. It's like yeah. if you sit down with Lego, and you have a build kit. You know what you're going to build. You can do it. If you sit down with just a pile of Legos, there are some people who will build a lot of things, and there are other people like who it. won't know what to build. Um, I love Lego. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's a, like I, the problem I had is more that it was sort of it was kind of random. Like you never knew what like coming up with like a one one advantage or something. Not too bad, but when it's like some number between like one and four advantages on what effectively is a fairly inconsequential thing that you're sort of coming up with like a roleplay thing. Oh. I think we just lost the bar. And, yeah, on a, he's, he's like, there he is. Um, it was, like I said, it, it was kind of fun. And like when it, when it worked, it was really cool. And other times I was just like, ah, I have to come up with a thing and sure. I could just come up. I could just use whatever effectively just like the mechanical ones where it's like, I choose to get an extra blue on my next roll or something, right? Or an upgrade. That's cool. That's fine. But I felt like within this campaign, Navarum is very much, you're very much encouraged us to be like, come up with something cool. And it's like, well, and, well, and I was trying play. to, and it was just, it wasn't always as easy. It wasn't always easy. So it was that's, a bit that's frustrating fair. sometimes. The way I try to play is that we're not. The way I like to GM is that we're mm. creating a story and I'm directing you guys, but you guys are mostly driving the plot. And, and I like the system I... helps that because it means you have to say, you know, oh, well, this thing went really well for my character, except this thing messed up. Or I, think... <clears throat> I like that. I actually really like that. And that's why I was like, 
I really, I enjoyed, I liked that that's what we were tr- at least trying to do, because I think that is cool. I think that is a great way to do it. It's just that it felt like it was sort of, it wasn't so, just I could come up with something spontaneously. It was I had to come up with something spontaneously sometimes. Yeah. So like compare that to say I was just watching Acquisitions Incorporated at PAX and stuff, where you'd be like somebody runs up a chandelier and does a thing, and the GM's like, yeah, sure, you can do that. Make me a whatever roll. It's they came up with that because they saw an opportunity to do it and did it, as opposed to because the dice said now is your chance to role play. Yeah, so the, the, issue, the, the, issue, the issue I think that, that, that Corvus is having lies in the advantage, uh, the advantage uh, system. Yeah, the, like the I way... can roll, we, we, like the times where I was able to roleplay well usually weren't actually times when the dice said that. It's I came up with something to do, like right at the start, we're in the bar and I like drug the drink, give it to the guy. Yeah, it's so just that. It's just, was, you, so, it's just give you flavor. So yeah. one of the one of the one of the ways that this I I feel at least that this system falls down in comparison to Shadowrun, which is a very similar system, is actually in that advantage thing where they tried to make it a little bit extra special. Um, in Shadowrun, you have two states. If you want to perform an action, you make a roll. That action is either a success or a failure. There is no success with some failure, failure with some success, etc. Cetera, et cetera. There's no, there's no sort of either you did it or you didn't. And if you did it, you can describe how you did it. If well, you didn't, exactly like this. then we describe how you didn't. No, like that's um, actually that's actually a really good point because that was one that I always found really confusing was when we rolled a success with threats or yeah. a failure with advantages. Well, you didn't need to worry about that. What's that? The only thing you need to worry about is a failure with advantages. The only the, only, the situation where you guys succeed with threats. Um, well, well, that, well, was, that was well, my, that was my call. Well, what we're talking about, Warren, is whether or not whether or not it was something mechanically that we had to deal with. It was still a confusing aspect to the game, where you know, it's, it, I, I succeeded at doing the thing, but somehow along the way, I fucked up too, or I really well, fucked up. But in some a but in some manner, I succeeded, and yeah. it, while it makes it interesting. I, it, it also provides a bit of confusion that doesn't necessarily yeah. need to be there. I, I think well, mechanically, it's, not, it's cool, you, but you've got a success or failure. That is the only thing. Like you make the check. If you get a success, you succeeded. If you don't, you fail. That's as simple as it can get. Advantage and threats are genuinely just there to facilitate extra things that don't really matter that much. Like, Mechanically, they are, I think they are all well, they, they they are there regardless. They are there in every single role. Yeah, you are going great. to get them most of the time, if not all of and, the time. And, and, and every time you have to pay attention. What extra happened in this particular instance that doesn't actually really matter, but I have to pay attention to because well, it's there. If you're rolling a skill check, then you want things to happen, right? Like that's the point of an RPG. You want things to happen well, when yeah. you roll a skill well, check, Navar- and it's yes. more interesting Navar- if those things. What you're misunderstanding, though, is not that we don't want things to happen. It's that the advantage and the threat make additional things that we didn't necessarily want to happen. And and you can't really say they're inconsequential because, as I recall, the reason well, why not- we, the reason why we sheared off one of the entrances to our ship was because of uh, threat rolls. And the reason, like, well, ma- there were there were very major things that happened on successes with threats and on failures with successes. Yeah, failures with advantage. Sorry, failures with advantage. It's not, and they're not inconsequential. And I'm not trying to say it's a bad system. And I don't think anybody here is trying to say it's a bad system. It's just that, in in our opinion and in, in our experience playing it, those things 
made it less like like having to worry about okay well what does I, I i made a success and i have four advantages what is that four advantages there's no there's no there is a mechanical standard but that's not the thing we were like we weren't just going to go i got four successes i remove four strength has anyone ever played dungeon roll dungeon world or any of the no, x world systems no, I haven't. so the default setting in, a, in one of the x world systems is that you roll 2d6 and then on a seven and up you succeed but if it's a six to a um, six to an eight, sorry, a seven to a, uh, seven to an eight, uh, you succeed. But the GM has to dictate something else that happens. Hmm. That's effectively, um, yeah. you know, and, this system. And, and it's the thing that I, mean, that's the thing that I like. Is. The thing that I like in a system is I, the the type of system that I like is a system that has set rules for what happens if you succeed or fail. And then flexibility in the choosing. So, for example, if I, in, in, in D&D, if I want to leap across, uh, leap out over a stairwell and land on a chandelier and bounce off the chandelier to another stairwell, I have a roll that I have to make. And if I succeed at that roll, I succeed at the action. Mm-hmm. In, and, and it's... And it's I, I have infinite flexibility to choose what action I will take within my character, but once I take the action, either I do it or I don't. Yeah, with 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 possibly getting a crit, but that happens rarely yeah, enough yeah. that it's not well, and a even, thing you and even consider then, even, so much. Even with a crit, even with a critical success or a critical failure, the initial thing still happens. It's yeah. just slightly better. Or very much. Well, I mean, worse. that's, I mean, that's just true in the case. System. Well, <laughs> I mean, that's no, the difference. The, the difference is in in Edge of the Empire. Whether what I want to do happens or not, that's true. But then there is a tangent attached to that that may be related to what I wanted to do, may be unrelated to what I wanted to do, may be completely different, may yep. be nothing at all. Like I yep. honestly, and, honestly, I'm not super. I'm not super worried about like mechanically. Like if we, if like, j- like the fact that all these different things happened is interesting. What I, what I think I found frustrating was that it kind of interrupts the flow of it. Right. I get that. That's yeah. fine. Like, uh, what, what we'll do, what we'll do for that course going forward is that we'll just have the option of ignoring um, that stuff if you want, or we can bring it back later. We, we can make I, notes I, of it and bring it back honestly, later. If you want. Honestly, I haven't thought about it enough to be sure whether I think it's a good thing or a bad thing. It's just, it's the difference between, like, you know if you ever play a game and it gets around to somebody's turn and they hadn't been paying attention and they're like, oh, Yeah, it puts um, you on the spot. Yeah. yeah. Like, in this one, even if, even if I have nicely planned out, I'm like, okay, I'm going to move to here, I'm going to do this thing, I roll my dice, and then you tell me, no, no, okay, now you have to come up with a new thing. And I'm like, okay, um, what yeah. are my options? Okay, this person... I, I might get that. that. That makes Maybe sense. It's, it, yeah. It's, yeah. It, it does mean you have to be, like, spontaneously creative, and that's difficult uh, in a lot of cases. Yeah. It is, but... Yeah, I mean, that I'm, is like, a major issue, I think. It's cool like, enough that I'm, like... spontaneous creativity, for, it, it forces on you uh, that's many fine. We times. Adjust, we can adjust that in how we play, yeah. um, which is that we can have someone else take their turn and then come back to someone else who's and done that. And it feels so awkward to complain about it because it's such a cool thing. Like I like yeah. that it is a bit random and there's a there is that flexibility. It it just the how it's implemented. I think it's maybe it's just the case where it's like it just doesn't quite 
mesh for it's, me. It's a, very what, what I would, it's a very interesting idea that's not implemented as well as it could be. Not what I would say, I don't know what yeah. you would do to make it better, but... Well, actually, what I would say is that if we weren't recording these sessions, it would be a lot less pressure on everyone when they're trying <laughs> to talk about this stuff. We could, like, take a minute and, like, just chat. That's probably... Uh, while that's, they come up a, with something. That's uh, possibly true. Instead, here, you know, they're being recorded, they're on the air, as it were, and they're like, oh, God, I have to come up with something right now. Um, um, I, I can't be quiet while I'm doing it, because then there'll be no sound on the track and everyone listening will be bored i can differently say that i have done things differently slightly because i know this is being recorded well yeah and, so, and, that's and, actually doing that, quite a bit to this campaign really that's so a, that, that, that's that changes a, the dynamic of the system a lot is what i would say that's an interesting yeah. thing is that that has all that has only happened with this recording like, because we, we, we here at Final Show Films, we have, we have like three recording groups right now that we do. Uh, with, with, you know, we've got you guys, we've got the, the Grand Terror folks, and we've got uh, the, the in-person group that, that's up, that we do on Sundays. And well, I... interestingly enough, our, we, still have time, we still have periods of time, and I think it's just the people involved. Uh, with our Sunday group, we still have periods of time where somebody has to take a minute to come up with what they're going to do. But there's never any dead air because the rest of us are all actors and we're all just like fill it with comedy yeah. stuff and ah ha ha and and <laughs> you just got a bunch of gamers on the uh, on yeah we're not, we're not actors yeah um, you are you are the only in one fact, in fact I'll come to this later but um someone filling dead air actually ended up dictating the course of this campaign quite so oh that happened you, all you the time to, in this you campaign have, you don't have to be coy you can say it was me <laughs> yeah. yeah it happened all the time and he's pulled this campaign along um, well, like it's, well, I can think of at least two two occasions that happened. One where it was it was literally just filling the air, and one was I created the air because I was muted and couldn't say the thing I wanted to do. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, that you was that. and you and you jump and you met, you came up with an idea which is great, and could have gone very differently if I wasn't muted. Yeah, it, yeah. It is, my, it my, is. my point is um, the system runs on you succeed or you fail. Send yeah. you're right. Yeah. Advantage and threat are. They're flavor, but they're really interesting flavor that can change how the world and the, the yeah. story goes forward. And I think adding adding extra stuff is never a bad thing. It's a bad thing if you want to control everything as a player, I've, but like, you're in the world, and the world doesn't work like that. And it's really nice to see that reflected in well, RPGs and again, sometimes. And, and again, I, you know, I don't think any of us were making a judgment statement on whether or not it was good or bad. We're just talking about our yeah. personal reflection on that as a system. I like, it's, and, and it's again, very cool, but yeah, it's, maybe it's cool doesn't and work. interesting. It's it's cool and interesting, but Perfectly. when I when I compare it to similar systems like Shadowrun, it's it's a thing where I I like to have I made it I made an action, it succeeded, period of sentence, and 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 in this system that's not a, that's not always a thing, and that's that's fine. It's not, again, I'm not making a judgment call on that. It's just. Well, that, was a, that was a part of the system that can that caused some frustration for us. If it was a user example of the chandelier thing, mm. then um, that situation changes. Uh, it can change drastically if you want, or not that drastically if you don't. Uh, a lot of it is down to how the GM interprets things. Yeah. Um, so let's say you, you succeed on the chandelier uh, thing attempt. You make like it's a coordination check. So you succeed doing that. Um, so let's say you have two advantage. Um, it puts you in the, uh, you know, you say, all right, I, I, I want um, a blue on my next attack because I'm coming down out of the air on someone who doesn't expect it. That's, yeah. It's fairly it's mechanical, like fairly easy, uh, just sort of there. Two threat, 
um, you get you know uh, a, bl- a black die to your attack because you're off balance when you land. It's 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 very easy to just make up something simple and just slam it in. That's I mean that's fair. I, I just feel like sometimes it, it it felt like the the consequences from the advantages and disadvantages and whatnot, advantages <laughs> and threats. Sorry. Um, Method almost as much, if not more, than the success or failure all the time. That's 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 the other advantage of the system. This because um, it allows me as GM to say, "Oh, look, there's this threat," which means that this thing that was going to happen anyway happens. Ah, now see that's inter- see that's interesting because that is a th- that is a thing that I did that we sort of argued over. This wasn't this was um, like right back in the early ones. We were like. Oh yeah, you got these, you know, threats or whatever on your healing check. Therefore, he loses two health, which he was gonna. And your 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 uh, reasoning for that was he was gonna lose that anyway, just because that's what you needed to happen. Yeah, mechanically. But you would tie it to the thing that I did. And on the one hand, it's like okay, I can see why you would do that. But on the other hand, to me, that made it feel like the mechanics weren't consistent because you're like this thing, which is not in the rules anywhere. You're going to, like that. If I rolled these dice, this happens. Yeah, you know, technically, it's, 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 technically it's rule zero. It's no, it, I, I know that. That's <laughs> what I mean. Is you basically said you're like the like I have like that there basically says you have no way to predict what's going to happen. Like not even success, failure, whatever. It is you could succeed, and things that just that matter a lot could happen that aren't related, and it felt yeah. Jim, disconnected Jim. and like if you had just said okay that's fine by the way completely unrelated he loses two he loses those two health or what those two wounds yeah i guess because, because of whatever honestly if you had disconnected those things i would have been okay with it literally you could have just said and because i am the gm he has lost two yeah, wounds like Jim, be- Jim, because i to try and tie it in together Jim, but again that is tied it to something where i was successful and made it a bad thing, and that made me well, just be no, like... you did succeed at what you were trying to do, but there was a... Um... I know, but that's exactly my point, the point I'm trying to make, is the, the th- you, had effect- you effectively said the threat mattered almost more than the fact that I succeeded in healing him. Yeah. Or you made the connection between uh, the player's action and a negative response that... Uh, didn't miss it while while well, the I mean, flavor for that for. action but was but not something um, one would expect from the action. It's completely unpredictable. And not unpredictable in the sense of just like rolling dice. I mean as in unforeseeable. And yeah, that it's, like, it's for it's, for instance for instance, it's like if I were to use a med kit in D and D. If you use a med mm. kit in D and D, you either again you either succeed or fail. If you succeed, you don't succeed but also injure the person. You know, or yeah, it's, or it was, and, and failing know. to use a med kit does not inflict more well, damage. D and D is different because it's it's you know it's magical and it's yeah. you know like it's it's essentially um, like you guys get hit by swords all the time and it's not a big deal. Yeah. No, mm. I, I I agree. Like, but this is the thing, right? I didn't mind that he lost two wounds or gained two wounds because the system is weird. Um, I didn't mind that he gained the two wounds because you'd already given me. I temporarily healed his critical wound. That was the, the upside from earlier. And yeah. effectively, you're like, downside Which, is he lost the two know, wounds or whatever. You're not really supposed to do that. But... I know, exactly. And that's fine. It was the, literally connecting it to the action that I was taking was the part that I found frustrating because the book also, 
you you know the book has as you said examples for if you get advantages or if you get threats these are the sorts of things that can happen but you did something that i felt was completely un like didn't wasn't scaled to the amount of threats that i rolled okay and, fair enough and, and yeah because it, it it creates like, a dangerous precedent there is a there's a certain point where it's like no matter how badly i fuck this up i can't like kill him right that is right it is a foreseeable thing where I'm like, I'm going to use this med code on you. I might fail, but I'm not considering in the back of my mind that I might fuck this up and kill him, right? Yeah. Whereas you effectively said, no, no, that's totally possible because if well, I just choose to do that. And yeah, I know it you created a dangerous precedent for things that this could happen in the future. There is a sort of a, there is a range of things that I am considering are possible outcomes to me doing this in the realm of possibility and you... Did something outside of, of that, and that was what, a little bit frustrating. So. My son just drank four ounces of I just made. That's he might have a drinking problem. I'm sorry. He apparently does. So to move right. on, to move, to move on from the dice system because we we, mm. we, we tend to get stuck on minor things. Um, <laughs> a little bit. Uh, to, move, to move on to move on from that. Uh, so I I really enjoy the world of Star Wars, and uh, you know it's it's one of those things that I, that mm. I really like the the. I think the thing that, and it was interesting to see all of these references that I recognize, like the Rat Ghoul, that uh, that my character wouldn't necessarily recognize and play against that. Um, one of the things that I found interesting, um, and and not not um, I'm trying to think of how to word this. Uh, was was the was the exclusion of certain uh certain um um class archetypes and and that was mostly because Navarre and you didn't you didn't have the experience to 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 run them that you would have liked to being a GM um specifically well, with the with the with the force users um because oh. when I play a Star Wars game I always want to be a force user and that's not that's not Ooh. a statement necessarily on that's mostly because I like to play things that are unique to specific worlds. And except for the Force users, just about everything in Star Wars can be replicated in other sci-fi universes. Um, but Force users are, are unique to Star Wars. Um, and I, I really would have liked to have seen how the game plays out with at least one Force user on the team. Well, there was. This is. Uh, we. I specified at the start we were playing Edge of the Empire, and Edge yeah. of the Empire includes one force-sensitive class, which it's is. Not even, um, it's not even really a class. It's more of a background feature. Uh, it's a. It's it's a class as much as any other class is a class. Isn't it supposed to be attached to another class though? Well, yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. But so it's, you can you can attach any classes in this game to any classes in this game. <laughs> Um, it's it's just how it works. You can you can be a, a diplomat, and then you can as you you know as you level up and spend XP, you can take on um, bounty hunter as well. So you can be a diplomat bounty hunter. Uh, it's just another facet of that. Um, I can't remember. Is it the exile or the? Yeah, I think it's the force sensitive exile. Um, that's perfect. That's absolutely there, and it existed, and you could have gone for it. Mm-hmm. But um, necessarily, because this is set in the Star Wars period, you know, I'll I'll tell you now, it's it's like around Episode Four ish. There aren't any Jedi; they don't exist. Well, they are. They're canonly, they're in hiding. Canonly, with what? I don't remember. Like like Yoda 
still exists. Ben still exists. There are there are pockets of Jedi that still exist. <laughs> we did suggest right. that we go for a go for a trip to see to see Ben, seeing as we were on Tatooine. Yeah, like, yes, there, there, um, there, there are there are pockets of Jedi that do still exist. It's just very the, few. The order, they're, they're, they're incredibly the rare. They exist. They hide. They hide what they are uh, where possible. I mean, Ben knew he was leaving, so. I mean, there's also like the rebels. Like, like there are two Jedi rebels. No, yeah. three. Anyway, four. there are four Jedi yeah. rebels. And 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 they've got a whole lot of Inquisitors chasing them. Like that's that, that's their major plot thread. Yeah. Um, I didn't want it to be a story about you guys being chased across the galaxy by Inquisitors because that's a very specific um, story that basically ends one of two ways. And I would prefer the rest of the people in the party to not be tied into that story simply because one character had it. Like, that's why the Exiles thing is all about hiding. Yeah, well, there's, there's, also, the, there's also the other route that could have been taken, um, which is that you play from the Imperial perspective. And the, the Force user is an Imperial Inquisitor or one of the various Dark Jedi that work underneath. Uh, that could work. Lord Vader. Um, I'm not necessarily a fan of evil campaigns because once you've burned one village, you've burned you know a thousand. Well, and, and and that's also that's that's also a thing that I find interesting about the Star Wars universe is that just because you work for the Empire doesn't necessarily mean that you're evil. Um, um, I think well, I think as in as much as any evil thing, they're pretty evil. Well, like, <laughs> like you take random random D and D fantasy world, you can play an evil uh, an evil campaign, and they're not not evil. I think. I, Empire are pretty evil. Admiral Ray Sloan is not necessarily evil. She's um, she's a, a, one of the new canon um, admirals who has uh, basically been shown to be, you know, not a complete. It's like it, it's also like look look at look at even even look at the Force Awakens. Uh, one of the main characters <laughs> was a stormtrooper. Yeah, but. That, that's because they left while they were literally burning a village. Yeah, he became and a he became a hero character. I, I don't I don't I don't really run I don't run evil campaigns myself. I don't really like them. That's why I didn't do that. Yeah, like yeah, having an it's... evil boss is is running an evil campaign. Like if if Darth Vader says go do this, he can't you can't really say no. It gives the players very little agency. It's, I don't know. Yeah, I, don't know. I, think, um, I think I think I think. Having that ability to say no and then suffering the consequences of that is, is, is a very interesting story. In the Empire, well, those consequences are you run away or die. That basically becomes a good campaign where you're running yeah, away, which is the exactly. thing you should I think exactly. I think your points in Starco of when you think Star Wars, you're thinking, I want to be a Jedi is or you know, at least force user or whatever is reasonable. I actually I mentioned my the campaign we were playing to my girlfriend and she's like, Are you a Jedi? Yeah, like, like no. The first thing uh, I had to explain the, the rest of the, the, what the deal was, and we we're just like, you know, well, things Tatooine, all the scum and stuff. Where those that's guys. That's why I like having the option to explore other parts of the Star Wars universe because oh, it's a and big I, universe. Yeah, and I and I and I really liked I liked that opportunity. I was like, I was like, okay, cool, that's fine. I don't because I'm not actually a huge Star Wars fan. I've seen the movies; they're great, but that's it. I've seen them maybe once each because it's just it's like despite being a geeky person. It's of the geekiness of the realms that I am a geek within. That's not really one of them. But it's yeah, like, I, like, I, I I I put forward this campaign idea, and I was like, right, I you know I I'll run I want to run Star Wars, but uh, personally, I'm not as like as much of a fan of the Jedi as I was um, when I first saw the films, because you know you play the Kotor games and stuff, and you you kind of come around to the idea that the Jedi and the Sith are 
they're, they're sort of there in Star Wars, but they don't, them existing doesn't help anyone. And the prequels, the prequels really put me off both sides. I was like, wow, the, the, these, the prequels put these, off a lot of things. These guys, <laughs> these guys are just complete assholes. And uh, yeah, I sure, I just, I really like the idea of being space criminals. Basically, that's well, yeah. It, it also, it also, it also. Well, that's the other thing. Uh, it also puts forth things like gray Jedi and people that. Uh, you know, force users that are not a part of I of are really a part of the conflict. They're still force users. I don't. Um, do we have any canon gray Jedi yet? I don't remember. Um, because I, I tried to put this world at least as much in canon as I as I could. They with exist. Like... They exist in canon. There are force users that are not connected to the Jedi or to the Sith. Um, <clears throat> but it's 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 not because not being part of the conflict isn't the most interesting aspect of the conflict. They're not. They're not highlighted right and it you know it's it's just one of those things like by dint of existing as a jedi under the empire you are ruled to be a, a rebel and a traitor like if you have powers they want you to yeah. be captured or dead yeah but that you know that that provides an interesting thing of still having all this power <laughs> but having to hide it and and having it available and that, that's why i like i like the, the actual jedi classes as opposed to the force as opposed to the forces of exile class <clears throat> because then you have all this power at your fingertips, but you have to not use it. Or you have to find ways to use it that are more subtle that won't bring the Empire down. Yeah, you, you use it and then roll a stealth check, yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, well, not necessarily that, but, like, use it I, I, from three rooms away, you know? I, I, I would be alright with you guys doing that. Like, there's a, there's a campaign, there's, you know, there's the Force and Destiny book, um, which is all about that sort of stuff. And that's fine. Um... It wasn't out really when I was when I was playing this, and I'm not very familiar with it, so I wasn't a big fan of running it. But my rule is basically, you know, all Jedi or no Jedi, because as we'll come to later on, like my main goal is to try and give everyone in the group something to do. And if you've got a player who is, you know, a Jedi and no one else is, then they step up and they do everything. They're the best at fighting, they're the best at diplomacy, they're the best at convincing people to help them. They just do all these things because they're a Jedi. That's what they do. And they, you know... I feel like, not... that's, I feel like that's not necessarily true, though, because even within the Jedi, there are still specializations. I, I feel like... No, not Maybe not in-universe. In I feel like that is a very real possibility of happening in a game. Yeah, that's what I'm getting A yeah. role-play game where there is only one person who is a Jedi. And I didn't want to focus too much on one player being, like, special compared to the rest. Um, it's, the, it's the thing where you, you don't, like, when when you play, like, if you're in the hypothetical game of D&D, &D, where everybody's playing really interesting characters and one dude turns up as the dark brooding dude with two scimitars. And is a and like, drow. Which doesn't yeah. happen. <laughs> I know, which but, like, does that's not what, happen. It doesn't <laughs> It doesn't happen amongst people who are actually any, who, you know, understand what they're doing if they did that. I've seen but, it happen. Exactly. Like, like, right. I'm I, sure. what, I, what I mean is, like, it, it, yes, there are people that have done that, but not nearly as widespread it, as as people make it seem. It's a, but it, like it is. I, I feel. I I think I agree with Navarro. And if I was going into this, I would be very wary of a party that had exactly one Jedi as as being very likely to end up not very likely but there's a there's a very real possibility that it does end up being the jedi and friends shows yes, exactly like, if you all want to be jedi then that's cool we can do force and destiny at some point um and we'll see you know we'll see what happens on that route but uh, yeah thanks of course it's it's 
Not not only just because to prevent that, but also because like in universe, you know, the Jedi are the main characters. There's always one of them on screen almost all the time in the films. Mm. Um and they're the driving force of the story, and it's just nice to explore the other parts of it. I honestly I really liked enjoy like the what whole did, criminal thing. What did and- you guys think about uh Antitonic and Zagrog? <laughs> Mm. So it's, it's tricky because I I'm always finding it hard to analyze things, even like while I'm doing it, and it, mm. it's much harder after the fact. <laughs> Makes sense. Oh, see, I, I overanalyze everything. So <laughs> exactly I'm I, I'm more on Corvus's side here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I uh, uh, just me. <laughs> this. Uh, from the uh, pop thing to my was mechanically, I my character started uh, with things that were not as in character for him as probably should have been. He should have been. Uh, uh, what is I? I forget these subclass. You were a smuggler uh, pilot. Yes, yes, but I but I found that I'm I would the piloting thing was not as interesting as what, what what was the other thing I was looking into getting Gunslinger uh, uh, um, probably might have been Gunslinger but I'm not sure if it was that uh, it was the one yeah, I know the one you mean yeah because the character is more built as the kind of fast talker heist guy yeah and and uh, his skills are really about the piloting which is because honestly it's boring stuff that's the point that's the problem when you have a character who's primarily a pilot um yeah in our other game um i should have pointed this out but i didn't realize it at the time um in our other game we have a character who's a smuggler pilot slash gunslinger that's why i was thinking gunslinger um and he's primarily a gunslinger and secondarily a pilot yeah um, piloting I mean, uh, should have been a secondary for me, more more of like have some piloting skills and really be more of the. Uh, uh, damn it! I really have to look this up. What the name for it is? <laughs> uh, what were you in the um, in Space Cowboys? I can't remember. He was the uh, Turian soldier. Yeah. Tank. Right, right, right. Okay, never mind. I'll see you something else. Um, and yeah, the, that that was a problem with Antitonic being a pilot in that as well. That's what it was. Yeah, it was because I was, I was um, like, oh no, I'm just thinking of something else. Like pro- no. pilots are always like, if when you're outside of your ship, you're always less useful because you're specced yeah. into being an awesome pilot. Because like, yeah, that's the thing. If you're going to be a class, most players are like, right, well, I'm going to do this well. Like, if I'm a, a fighty class, I'm going to be real good at fighting. If I'm a healy class, I'm going to be real good at healing. If I'm a pilot class, I'm going to be real good at piloting. Um, and then yeah. you know you're left to basically the whims of what comes up in the game, and it's it's really hard because in every system that I'm aware of, when you're on a ship, there's not a great deal for other people who aren't the pilot to do things. Mm. Like there was nothing for you to do on the ship, Corvus. No, I was like. Uh, reconfigure the shields, maybe, yeah. probably not, because they're already in the right place. Yeah, um, and like, they, 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 I, I did have. The, I told you the list of options of things you could do, but you know, it's it's very much. Oh, I want, I, I want to do this. Um, and when you're on a ship, it's a lot more limiting. So keeping Zagrog interested was I had to play to his sort of skullduggery side. Um, yeah, 
It was, sort of, yeah, it's difficult because that character wasn't built for the piloting because that seemed like a thing the party could use, but it's not interesting to play. While mm. um, <clears throat> there, it was the old like also yeah, the character wanted to be uh, wanted to like swindle and fast talk people, but uh, not only was I a little lacking in the skills, there was also game gameplay. There was actual gameplay difficulty in doing that. Part of it being being that it's not the type of char- character I can play well, because I'm really far as a person. I'm really far from that. That again plays into though the problem with um, like us not covering yeah. dead air. Where you, yeah. if you'd had time to think, exactly. like on Tatooine, if you'd had time to think about any of this stuff, you could have like fast talked your way through any number yeah. of things. Yeah. Um, but you know the the pace of the game didn't allow you to do that because it takes two minutes yep. to come up with it, which is fine. Like. If we weren't um, as pressed for time as we are in terms of you know having to get this all in in a three four hour session and also record it, it would probably be easier for you to play the character. But you know we'll get used to that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, no, that's th- what I was going to mention earlier on already. That this system needs uh, you need exp- you really there's a l- quite, there's a long learning curve to this system. Yeah. Which I, I think is is in a lot of ways is quite good because it means yeah it's a feature it's just a it's a feature you get better at playing it and then when you're really good yeah. at playing it it just goes like nobody's business hmm. yeah because I I still have difficulty grasping the dice system I mean I know how it, like I can click and roll roll on dice but because they are different I I have no grasp of what is hard and what is like like with d6s and d20s it's easy to see probability with these i <laughs> haven't even begin, begun oh, like yeah. thinking how it goes i uh, I'll barely tell you exactly know how it goes um greens and purples if you roll an exact amount of greens and purples you're more likely to succeed with like a, a threat or two at, at any level like you could roll 10 greens and 10 purples and you'd still be likely to on average to succeed with threats hmm. um skills like the the yellow and the red dice they they add some in, uh, interest to that because you can crit as well with them or critical fail because the triumph and despair um it's not That's really the one of the things I'm. I'm. I can probably probably already understand that uh, if those aren't involved, then then the uh, then there's no, the triumph and despair things are the easier stuff to pick up on. Uh, but but with the, because it's a twelve-sided dice, the probabilities change. So you have. Yeah. Um, you are more likely uh, to succeed with yellows. Um, then there's also the blue and black dice. <laughs> yeah, they're just they're you know they're. Um, they changed the results by I think it's like thirty three percent chance for a success or an advantage each because they're identical. Yeah, basically. This is, well, it, yeah, these 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 make sense. It's just that it's the ty- it's a type of die that uh, is very different from a traditional one, and thus the different. Uh, it's hard to get my head around the uh, probability because yeah, they, I I am not inherently aware of what it each, how many times a symbol appears on each side. It depends or, how you're trying to play because yeah. in a lot of cases um, your character knows what stuff they're good at and what stuff they're more likely yeah. to succeed at. So it kind of forces you to play to character more. Yeah. Um, so in some ways that's good. Like you can break it down. There are online things about the the actual probabilities of the dice. 
but I kind of like that um, it's less obvious. I mean, you can tell whether something's hard or not by how many purples or reds are in it. Yeah. Right. Like that's how that's how you tell that. Yeah, but I think, I think, the problem I comes from how many. Uh, when I have greens and yellows, what, how do they balance again, balance out against a number of purples? It, it's Almost the thing. Exactly. It's, it's the thing that I was what I was saying before about um, what was the word I used? Foresee like being foreseeable. If I'm like you get you get a feeling with a more simple not well, not necessarily predictable, but as much as like you get a bit. I think. Like have just just with less experience, and as you said, probably once with some more experience, it probably works out fine. It's foreseeability where you're like, okay, yeah, it's you know I'm rolling two greens versus two purples. That's about rough, probably roughly equal chances of success or failure. Maybe a little bit on the success side. How much worse is another another failure? How much another purple? How much worse is another purple? Is this like a okay? I've gone from a fifty percent chance to a 33% chance. That's or is this like, exactly how it works, yes. Okay, good. But I didn't know that, and there's no way, and it's very difficult to intuit that. Like, you can tell me that now, great. But I didn't know that. Whereas, like, again, if you're looking at D&D and stuff, I know it's, it's very much player knowledge versus character knowledge and stuff. But there is a point where you're like, I think you can, I think you can sort of get, like, move that, uh, move away from that by saying, look, I can, my character could judge how bad at this task he would be. Right. What is it, what are his chances of it? Like an outside chance of getting this, where he needs an eighteen or a nineteen or something to hit on in in D and D, and going. You know what? I know that that's roughly what. Well, I know. I I as a player know that that's what I need to roll. My character is going to know that same information in a different sense of just, oh wow, I really having trouble hitting this guy, and therefore might decide to do something else. Right. You make your decisions based on that sometimes, and it's very difficult with this with this set of dice just be, just because of a lack of experience and the sort of weird way the probabilities work yeah, with multiple yeah because there's no even if i can understand like there being percentages okay i can get that but i'm so used to having an intuitive sense yeah just uh, well and, and when necessary just thinking of the raw probability but the typically just the intu intuition is count the dice like yeah. that's yeah. that's actually it but we also don't have the physical if, I don't. I actually didn't never bother to figure out what how many sides each of those dice had. Try to work it out myself. <laughs> oh, the, the the blues and blacks are d6s. The greens and purples are d8s, uh, and the uh, yellows and reds are d12s. Well, yeah, it's fine. Like like I said, it it's kind of fine. It's just that like sometimes you do make a decision based on how much of an underdog you are in this sort of situation or. Like, yeah, I've got an advantage here. I'm, you know, I'm, pro I'm more likely to get this than not because I've got more green dice than purple dice or whatever. But is it worth doing this as opposed to doing some guaranteed thing and stuff like that? When you're making those decisions, it's diff well, more with difficult the blank, with unfamiliar with the blank faces. There isn't really a guarantee because all the dice have blank faces on them. Right, right. I mean, like, as opposed to literally going and, like, hitting a switch or something. Like, where it's, like... That is a trivial thing. That is not a roll a dice thing. 
mm. or when um, you are comparing actions that involve other characters or that you are yeah. setting up other characters and you are uh, and you have to consider yeah, varying like, degrees of success against just, varying degrees of difficulty these kind like of things are not easy it's and just, with, it's, with with a system this different it's hard to get into again yeah, it's, it's a learning like a familiarity but like i don't know how much of an advantage it is to give somebody a blue dice as opposed to Again, comparing to D and D, giving somebody like a plus two or something, right? I don't know what those sort of is. Is, is giving them a blue dice a huge deal? Is it relatively minor? Is it the same as basically giving them a whole new dice? Is it? Yeah, you know, it's. I would compare it in D and D to um, uh, what do you call it? What's the ability where you but you give someone a uh, beach did it in Temple of the Lava Bears? Um, I don't know. Inspiration. inspiration. That's the one. Um, or no no sorry not that the other one uh bless Ble- it's called bless in in D&D you when you um I would compare it to bless what does it do i don't remember well, bless gives you a plus in other in previous editions bless gives you a plus 1 in fifth edition it gives you a plus 1d4 oh, okay cool inspiration like, is and that's, it's cool that you're telling me that now but like i said the whole point was all well, of these different situations you know it's I'm inherently driving. good that's the that's is, the thing okay so the thing that the thing i'm trying to get across to you here is I've just described several situations where I don't understand it intuitively what the difference is and you've explained what it is there now but the whole point is in each of these situations and a whole lot more I haven't described I can't figure that out at the yeah time. that makes sense yeah. it's, only, it's not a problem it's not a GM problem yeah the only solution to that is more play experience because yeah. you do get to you get the hang of it um, yeah fairly uh easily uh, after a certain point of playing the game like it just becomes normal oh yeah no like i i get that like i say it's just it's a, it's like sort of a i don't think it even uh, with experience i don't think it's it would ever be as easy as like dandy where it's one dice and you have uh, yeah your, your range of probabilities is literally five percent chunks all the way up yeah right yeah it's, that's that's fairly oh, that's fairly simple but it's, it's fairly it's, simple to and intuit and understand so it, it's, whereas it's this is like there aren't actually numbers, and you actually don't like. I would have to go and find a description of literally of what is actually on each dice because you can't see that in the system, and it's not as simple as numbers one to twenty or one to six. You can't see it in roll twenty if you had the dice in front of you. <laughs> yes, which I don't. Because um, I don't own this system. I read the rule book, and it had <laughs> images of the dice. Yeah, I, I know. You. I know. Um, that's, I have to go find them. The thing is, it's a lot less mechanical than D and D anyway, and that's kind of the point. True. I'm, um, I don't you're know, not supposed I'm... to sit down with a pen and paper and work out your probability of success. Really, no. like you can, and that's fine. But the system isn't designed for you to do that. No, but what I mean, it, it's less about the actual probabilities and more about comparing two choices, right? Do I oh, attack? Oh, yeah, that's choices really easily. No, that's my point. You can't. It's like, okay, is four green versus three purple better than three green versus two purple? They're, they're, they're identical. Right, but I can't tell that at a glance. And I mean, I get that. No, well, actually, no, they're not, because if you said that equal numbers of greens and purples roughly equals a success then more purples will... All right, hang on, I'll tell you exactly. Um, there is a wider, the there is a wider range of things that can happen with three, the increased number of dice. Three greens versus what now? It doesn't... To prevent us from getting yeah. stuck on this for another... Yeah, we are <laughs> rambling, actually, here. Um, we'll move on to the next yeah. aspect. 
so let's talk a little bit about our characters. Um, I really liked my character. So go ahead and talk about your character. Good. I liked my character because, and I think this is this is all on me. Is I made my character before we started. Like I made the the character of my character before I went and found the mechanics of the character. Whereas comparing to Space Cowboys, which is like really I haven't played very many roleplay games in my life. I've played a campaign of fourth ed and some stuff of like three, third ed 10 years ago. But most of my experience now is Space Cowboys and this. And Space Cowboys, I made the character because I was like, sure, soldier, simple, mechanically built it and then tried to work out how that would express in his personality. Whereas this one, I came up with a character and an idea and basically it's entirely the TV tropes entry for back alley doctor. Um, but I came up with the idea of the character and how he would be like very prideful and all sort of stuff. And then went and figured out what all that meant, what that, how that would be reflected in mechanics. And I felt like that was much better and worked out a lot better for me for the few, the times when I did get a chance to play, like to actually like role play. And especially the two major ones I'm thinking of is the right at the start in the bar trying to drug the guy. Yeah, that was good. And the second one was uh, trying to inject um, Sierk on the space station. <laughs> that wasn't the like, only part. There was also a part right before where you, have, where you make decisions based on what you do about this information you received. Which one was that? Well, like... The entire, I think it's like, yeah, I know it's the, the highlight is kind of what happen, happens at the yeah. be, at bedside. But like, you also had to figure out what this, what the deal is with this, what's oh, going on on the station, yeah. and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. how do you react to, and there were choices for you to make. Yeah, and like, I, I felt like having a pretty good understanding of what the character would, do, I, the, the character's personality helped me make those decisions. Yeah, and then I really you liked your character. The, you just roll the dice based me on too. those decisions. I really right? liked you know, your character. Like, as much as I talk about the mechanics and the mechanics being frustrating and stuff like that, most of those frustrations only came up in situations where I wasn't able to, like, I was like, well, I kind of feel like in this situation where just, I just have to do whatever I feel is the best mechanically the best thing to do <laughs> whereas the times where it was most interesting were the ones where i was like no i'm gonna do this thing that is kind of dumb like trying to fight sort of just like hold you down and you know inject Sirik or whatever isn't really necessarily the best way to do that i probably should have got somebody to like actually subdue him or probably try to convince him but it's like no he would just inject it because that's it's like fuck you. I know you. I'm smarter than and, you. And that's that's what I that's what I really like about uh, a your character and b the system is that it will mm. support you in doing that. Right, but I, the thing is, okay, again, not to not to harp on the system, but I don't think the system, I don't think the system gets in the way of that. But I also don't no. think it. I don't think it helps it as much as you. Well, at least not the way you play. Clearly, it helps you, but I don't think it helped me. Because to me, it was making me roleplay when I wasn't expecting to, as opposed to letting me roleplay, which I feel using, like any system does anyway. Fair enough. Using the, um, just using the example of you wanting to do that, hold him down and inject him thing, I was like, right, well, I can use threats and advantages yeah. to, to assist that cause. And, and yeah, and that resulted in a little back and forth that was actually pretty interesting. So yeah. it, was, it was cool. But That's what I was getting yeah, at. In general, I really liked, and it is more just a thing of, Oh, as a player, I, this is really how I should have been doing things all along, but I was dumb in the previous one, is 
understanding my character and then letting the mechanics do their stuff. Well, that's the so, role role playing learning curve to get through. Like it's yeah. not something that you can explain. Um, and like, many pl- many players don't ever get past that stage, so you're one up on a lot of them. <laughs> and yeah, and like there were various times where it was, um, and it was unfortunate we never actually got to use it. But I liked the sort of homebrew dart pistol we made. Um, it didn't ever come up. I was kind of waiting for you to use it on someone. Uh, well, like it never came up in a. I was never in the situation where I was really fighting that much. Yeah. That is the thing. And also, the poison was fairly, ammunition was fairly limited, so it was, eh, it didn't, like I said. Well, I mean, like, if you've been using it more when you'd come to medical and the thing, I would have had you be able to find stuff to, to rec- replenish it, yeah. but you, just weren't, you weren't using it, so. That's <laughs> fine. It's like, um, it's like in, a, in a video game when you come across all this ammo and you're like, man, I, 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 should, I should be really worried about what's around the next corner or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, I liked, I liked the character. I liked the, I liked my playing the character. Um, like I said, I just I need that's a thing that I should I needed to learn and have now learnt, which is good. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm and and it did feel like a lot of the time my character didn't get a lot to do because I mean, but I mean he was sort of like a either you're hurt and I'm healing you or he's doing very little because he wasn't very effective at anything else. Mm. But that's and and um, unfortunately, like I feel like maybe I should have put up put some points and stuff where he could talk a bit better. Um, because yeah. he did it. He, that's that's that character is the sort that would actually like be able to talk. Except maybe not. He's a bit. He's a bit abrasive as well. So it's not. Really it's it's up to you. It's it's really. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm thinking when we come back to this, uh, I will um, slap everyone with a secondary class. Hmm. But yeah. And anyway, it, it, I felt like it worked out fairly well in a couple of good situations. So I'm relatively happy with how he turned out. So. Yeah. What do you think about your character? I think I forced the draft too much. Oh. <laughs> what? Um, I mean, this is a bit of a, a weird tangent, but when I go to draft, like to play Magic, oftentimes I'm forcing what deck I'm going to play even before I see any of the cards. Most of the time it's worked out. I think this time I built the character that wasn't quite suitable to like the gameplay, the setting type of thing. So I'm in a bit of a similar situation where I didn't quite get enough going with the character during like combat and things like that. Yeah. I think I'm not sure even if the combat was the problem, I think the problem was out of curiosity, what were you intending for your character to be like? Yeah. Uh, so this is this is where my analogies start coming in. Um, if has anyone read the Wheel of Time? Yes. Yes. I'm sure some um, people have. Sorry. Yeah, I I pictured VK as basically uh, an Ayasadai of the Brown Ajar. Okay. Okay. I, I'm, I'm sure that's how those words are pronounced. Who knows? Who cares? <laughs> but yeah, it, it was it yeah. worked enough that I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I think I do. Yeah, like the real like bookish, yeah, uh, bookish sort. But yeah, a little bit more like a teacher as well. Like when we had that downtime in between, like the travel. Uh, my original intent was to go around and basically have like one-on-one tutoring sessions to find out like what your individual weaknesses were hmm. and, and have like, act like classes. 
but oh well, exactly. Yeah, enough. I can see where you're getting what you're getting at, and I think uh, there were parts about the character that fit fine. I don't think your combat aspect, the combat aspect, was a problem. Like it was fine. Like it was fine that you like. I think it was what 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 VK VK was doing in commerce, but the pro I think the problem was that this setting didn't at least so far didn't leave much room for you to play your like that bookish role, like that was that was the issue. The 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 pacifist nature of your character was fine in my opinion. Yeah, mm. we just never had that long period of time where you could stop and go, hey. Okay, let's do this. Honestly, that would have been interesting, but we didn't get the opportunity. It's why I put in stuff like um, the bit, you know, the, the logs in the medical bay and stuff and things for you to find and work out. Hmm. Um, but it's more difficult to say. write for a character who wants yeah. to learn things in a Star Wars setting. Like, later on down the line, I've got things planned. Um, uh, depending on what pans out, but at least to begin with, um, I, all I could really do is dangle the prospect of knowledge in front of your character and see what they did. Hmm. And ho hopefully, I, I sort of bit enough at the bait to make yeah, that interesting. Yeah, it worked out, I think. I think many of these characters can. Well, I'm not sure. There are some, some of these characters. Well, at least I suspect uh, Sirk. And VK can can could could really benefit from uh like progress prog like mechanically progressing as characters mechanically. Yes, I think everyone could. So, so let's talk about Sirk, uh, Zagreb. I mentioned this earlier, but yeah, Sirk really shouldn't be a pilot first. He should be. God, I I I I uh, I don't have the rulebook on this machine and, and the. Uh, and uh, our Slack file history doesn't go back far enough for me to find the. I'll get it. I'll but, get it. There, but anyway, there's the there's the uh, there's the uh, the the social specialization within the smuggler. There's charmer, gambler, gunslinger, scoundrel, and thief. Scoundrel. 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 I'm I'm pretty sure it's the scoundrel one. I couldn't remember the name, but it was, I was going to call it the Han Solo one earlier. But. Yeah, you, you've got like convincing demeanor and quick draw, and black yeah. market contacts, and you know rapid reaction. What was the what was things. the skill that uh, it's most about? Because uh, most of them have uh, convincing demeanor and um, quick draw. Yeah, what what skill do they reference? Uh, Deception. I think it's deception. Yeah, it's deception. Really like yeah, that's that's the one I was going for. Yeah, yeah. I was like, uh, like Sirk should have been a scoundrel first and pilot second. Like, have some pilot skills, but really, he is more of a scoundrel kind. Charm, cool, deception, and ranged light. That's what the scoundrel's about. Yeah. Yeah, that, that would have. That, I think that would have been um, much better. Yeah, um, definitely. As I said before, this character wants to be not only the mechanical aspects of not having enough, having enough skills focused on that, but also also the uh, also our medium uh, not allowing for time to th figure out because I can't fi figure that kind of uh, uh, like role playing out for myself not in not not in any quick quick capacity. Uh, 
so that mean, so that didn't so I made so I couldn't really play Sirik as he should have been played. Mm. So yeah, like on a on a sort of related note, I don't know how many lunch breaks I spent doing like character profiles. Yeah. It's like, oh, what would your character do in this situation? Hmm. Yeah. That's just like interesting. Pages and pages of the things. Oh, that's cool. That's interesting. It's interesting that you know, I've never had to do that. Um, like this is the first time in a long time I've had to go that that far into it just to find out what the character's up to, like in my own head. Yeah. But yeah. So I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I have the most experience building characters out of the group of us. It's possible. I've played a ton of RPGs and I've been. I've played a good bit, but you've been. Bro- you've. You. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> You're certainly well ahead of me. <laughs> um, yeah. So I've played some, but yeah. So well, because I mean, also just you know building characters and acting goes hand in hand almost. Yeah, I haven't made. Uh, I haven't. Yourself. Most of my character characters are m- more mechanical, anyway. Yeah, and if and you know if if you if you add in my my theatrical experience, I've been doing this since two thousand and three. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but uh, Jin was built uh, to be a combat-oriented leader-type character. He was meant to sort of not 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 to have all the skills. I I, I rarely build characters that have all the skills ever. But he was meant to be that sort of take charge individual that can handle himself in special situations and can help direct other people in some way. So I should have given him leadership. Yeah, well, I, I, I didn't take leadership because he wasn't. Uh, he he's more of a directing through action rather than directing through words. <laughs> um, so he has he has a, a high intellect, a high brawn, um, and then just baseline everything else. Um, but uh. I, he, you know, he he was meant to be. In, I think he, I think he had the most conflict in his history because I actively took the, uh, I actively took the wanted backgrounds and 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 things that you know made people have a reason to hunt me. Um, and uh, <laughs> I I ended up being, I think for for a lot of this stuff, I ended up being the driving force for a lot of what was going on because I had I had the betrayal obligation and the bounty obligation. And I was, I'm just a very proactive player, and I was playing yep. a very proactive character. Um, so, as, as we pointed out earlier, you're also the most uh, improv ready sort of a person, the most, yes. qu- the quickest on your feet in terms of. Yeah, because whenever Sirk, when I couldn't make lines for Sirk to, for Sirk to fast talk, you skip the so, social so, social solution and go straight to combat. That's what <laughs> well, happened numerous I times in this campaign. Like, yeah, okay, that did happen. But I mean, just in general, as we mentioned, and I don't know if that's 100% blamed on like the fact that we're recording, as you said, but the whole sort of when there's nobody saying anything, you are likely the first person to come up with an idea, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's just kind of how the group dynamic, the, the well, dynamic of players as opposed to characters and a lot worked of that, out. A lot of that was right? also because of that's what Jin would do yeah, as well. Yeah, it makes sense like, for the character. That, that, yes. that, was, it, like, I, that wasn't all, that wasn't 100% me. That was a lot of Jin because I built him to be yeah. that kind of person that like, yes. okay, nobody else is doing it. It makes sense. I'm yeah, going yeah. to take charge. 
But I mean, just those things all sort of put together did, does did yeah. leave you leading the action. I mean, some of the time, time, those solutions were were good for the campaign, uh, like are not really an issue. But uh, but the issue is when uh, these uh, the other characters act actively don't get to play themselves yeah. because I, of it. I don't know. I mean, I don't I'm know not if saying that happened a lot. Super, yeah, I don't know if that happened a lot because it like, certainly it, happened a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. it certainly happened a couple and, of times. And and like, but like most of the times when it happened, at least at least for me, it was more like, well, I wouldn't have done anything anyway, or that's a pretty good idea anyway, and it's like whatever. I or as I said, I was muted and it didn't matter, <laughs> and you kept, you you went with a solution that sort of I was like, okay, you know, you did come up with it first, and that was fine. And actually, that's something. We talked about it without you one time. I'll just say because I think yeah, that, that wasn't awkward. <laughs> we 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 mentioned it, and then the next session we did. We I think it got mentioned as like if somebody needs. And again, it wasn't it wasn't a case of uh, Sinstaku, shut up and let other people play as much as it is. If somebody else has an idea but can't articulate it, they should speak up and say, Jin or like not Jin, you're Jin. Um, uh, Fen will say is going to say something here. And then you know, give me a second to actually figure yeah. out precisely. Yeah, Sirk definitely needs to help because like, I can't play Sirk for that, right? In a but, in a reasonably timed fashion, right? But what you can do as Zagrog is say, "Hold on, <laughs> yeah. Sirk would do something here," and give it an opportunity to be like, okay, "I tried I'm, to I'm going to the, leave this action here." And, I think it was last session where I tried to because yeah. we were dealing with that station commander. And I, I was and, trying and, that, and, and that that was actually that was. You did. You said, "Hang on a second, I've got an idea," and I stopped. Yeah, exactly. That, like um, I said, that was. Yeah. This is more of a group dynamic thing. Where it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't as much really. That, no, I specifically, I specifically tried to convey that I don't have the idea, but have an idea, but I want to do something here. Yeah. 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 And, and actually, think, in that last I, I one, it was the... not Jin that did the starting the fight. That yeah, was no. me. Yeah, I, I didn't start the fight. <laughs> um, I mean, you finished it. I finished it. Was it always turning. The world's been turning. <laughs> It's actually interesting. It's actually interesting. One of the things that I've learned while playing, uh, as opposed to jamming over Roll Twenty, is that there are a lot of physical cues that I get from other players in our in, in the Sunday session that prevent me from running ahead with things. Is that like, are you? Are you guys all? I don't listen to your show. Are you all playing in like in one room? Yeah, yeah. We're all playing in one room. We're all we're all together in a in the same oh, physical cool. space and. And it's a it it's interesting that um, I can tell when somebody has an idea and they just can't articulate it clearly yet. Mm. Um, also, we're a group of people who aren't afraid to go to just start talking before we formulate the idea. Um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but as you said, the, the 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 group dynamic there is very different with you yeah, all yeah. acting. Yeah, and it's or interesting whatever. without because without those physical cues or without a without somebody going, hey, hang on a second, there's something I want to do. I just need to think of it real quick. Um, I just tend to nobody's saying anything, so nobody must have an idea. So something go, um, and I, I, I and I'm I'm thinking a lot of that is to do with the way we play with roll twenty. Well, you know, that, that, uh, and, 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 and I think it is because also when, when playing in Grand Terra, in Grand Terra, even though we only record the audio, we still use the camera. We use the webcam just to, to, to so that we can phys you know, visually interact with one another. I can't remember. Uh, we, are we, are we've all got webcams. Um, or do we? 
Uh, yeah. I uh, don't have a webcam on my. Uh, anyway, on my. But, um, but the the what I was what I was trying to add in real quick there was that uh, the webcams also help because even though not every not, not everybody in Grand Terra you know thinks as quickly as everybody else, but as a GM, I can see that somebody's trying to get something through. It's see them visually and stop everybody else and say, "Hey, you have an idea. What's up?" Who um did we upload? Sorry. I was going to say, Australian internet, at least for me and with, like, housemates, makes the bandwidth crime in a video. Yeah. Uh, t- it, it made my, if I remember rightly, it made my audio quality really bad. You guys, at least, uh, yeah. me. so that's why I had initially shut it off, and then okay. I think we all just stopped. Right. Um, did we upload the uh, Paranoia campaign we did? I can't remember. Yes. We did. Right. Um, <clears throat> mm-hmm. That was, mm. if I remember rightly, that was just the four of us, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. so. I don't think um, I played that, so. Yeah, you were the happiness officer. You definitely you were there. there. Right, paranoia, sorry. Yes, yeah. I yeah. do. Yes, that was um, great. That was a very interestingly different dynamic to the rest, of, like, when we were, because I was still GMing, but it was, we were down a player, and there was only three of you, and the three of you did actually really step up, um, mm. and there wasn't, you know, long periods of people doing nothing everyone was having a bit of a laugh like it's it was a much more relaxed environment generally so it was easier to do that because you know we were just sort of messing about on our own it was like i'll teach us away okay i think at at least part of that for me was that i knew that nobody knew what was going on (laughs) so it didn't matter that like i could act like okay so this is a thing that came up a thing that came up in Space Cowboys. It didn't come up as much in this, but it was still in the back of my mind was people knowing the the universe better than I did and not wanting to like step on that sort of know it like not step on it, but like I don't really know what exactly the deal is with Mass Effect fields and stuff we're, we're, but we're in a universe Space where it's magic. Kind of, yeah, but we're in a universe where everybody kind of understands that, and I really didn't. whereas in paranoia. One, I, it felt like the sort of game where you could you could sort of cut loose a bit more. It was very it's a very wacky sort of uh, setting in a dark way, but whatever. Um, and two, that I'm pretty sure that nobody else knew what was going on either. Mm. So I was perfectly happy to just start doing shit. But what I'm getting at is that you all, uh, all three of you, um, were much quicker on the uptake and much quicker on the draw with with doing things. You would, like yeah. I would give you a situation and one of you would invariably be like, "Oh, I do this." I it's because know, because it was, people, was I knew about the I hadn't played Paranoia before, but I knew about what kind of it was sort of I knew some things about the setting. I knew it, and it was pretty clear that it was more about having a laugh with just from how the characters interact more more it's more so about the characters interacting with one another and crazy things happening and as such it was it was really more about uh letting go and doing random stuff so it so it was a very different atmosphere there was no pressure of uh no real pressure of mechanical like doing stuff mechanically or i just i just wanted to put that in there but going back to um Jin. Yeah. So, uh, Jin was built as a marauder, uh, and interestingly, as a Chiss marauder, because Chiss don't get, uh, Chiss don't get bonuses to their brawn; they get bonuses to their intellect. Um, and marauders are really much, really very much, you know, sort of a punch things, punch things, punch things class. 
Um, like they don't have a whole lot of social aspects outside of the ability to punch things. Um, so I, I, I sort of built him as more, I slightly more intelligent than your average marauder, but still at the end of the day, get up close and punch them. Um, and, uh, um, he worked out well. I mean, he, you know, yeah. he, he, I, 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 I built him with a, with a extensive backstory that, that got in, you know, that we got involved in very quickly because, you know, at the, you know, the, one of the big boss, the first big boss thing that we ran into was a, was a Chiss, uh, you know, was a bounty hunter and a Chiss member of the military. Um, and, uh, whenever we got into combat, I was, you know, head down, charge forward and kill things as quickly as possible. Yeah, yeah. I think Finn and Ch and Chis were both Jane uh, and Finn were both quite different as characters, but in many ways they were both very successful at what they were trying to be. It's possible that I actually, when I mentioned that I I learned more about playing a character, um, that. I had sort of forgotten about our paranoia campaign, and maybe it's more applicable as to say that was the first time that I figured that out. <laughs> well, you, I, I, you didn't actually make up your characters really beforehand. No, but okay, so that was maybe that, that's not quite what I mean. But I mean, like being a bit more comfortable about with the whole thing, because I definitely did feel quite uncomfortable—not uncomfortable, but it's like not comfortable in the Mass Effect universe. Because again. The whole time I'm just like I don't know, and I wasn't a huge fan of the system, and but, and also that was literally my first real camp like role playing experience for quite oh, right. some time. So that's a pretty mechanics heavy one to get in on. So maybe maybe yeah. it's just the, like when you say you that know, character was successful here, and you were saying that it was I was uh, that we were all fairly successful at least, and I was one of those successful people in the paranoia campaign. Maybe that's. That is the case there that I learned a lot during Space Cowboys. One, one yeah. thing that one thing that I've learned uh, from GMing uh, from my from my experiences is I haven't been GMing nearly as long as I've been GMing. Um, and I think one of the problems that I, that that we had with the Mass Effect campaign that I would I would I would fix if we ever went back to something like that is I I I got too into the world as opposed to the story <laughs> which is something that i've learned about while, while gming grand terra it's that if i if i focus less on the world at first and make it more and, and focus more on the story that people tend to have fun it tends to make the world even more interesting um and and i and i think the issue that i had was in Grand Terra, it's a world of my own creation, so there's no pressure to know everything. I already know everything, and if I don't that, know it when I say it, yeah, that's true. Um, we'll, we'll, whereas, with we'll Mass Effect, with... whereas with Mass Effect, it's an established world. With Star Wars, it's an established world. With you know, other things that I've GM'd, it's an established world, and there's a pressure to know everything about the world when you don't necessarily yeah. need to. As a GM. Now's, not, now's not quite the time to discuss it, but that was a pro doing my own campaign after this next thing as opposed to staying in feral and whatever it's called yeah yeah reasoning right so like i've 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 been thinking both sides and that's a reason but forgive me yeah it seems like because i don't want to definitely not going to harp on it but it was not a fun experience having an argument about 
point defense fields. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or, sorry, being on the sidelines for an argument with two other people about point defense fields. It wasn't. It wasn't. Or, the fun, it wasn't the fun aspect of it being in it either. No, but like just like the fact that that sort of threw it off, and that's. I mean, Star Wars is, is I guess, a bit more. One, it's. Well, it's more fantasy than sci-fi in the sense that it's like yeah. nobody really cares how all this shit works. Like people, there are people that do, but compared to like Mass Effect, which is very like a hard sci-fi sort of a setting, it's fantasy. It's not a it's a space Star Wars. Is, Star Wars is, is is fantasy, which means you can kind yeah. of nobody's going to get Star Wars is fantasy with sci sci-fi trappings. Yes. Yeah. Where nobody's going to get bogged down on the mechanical on the the mechanical details of how a Millennium Falcon flies or whatever, yeah. and everybody is pretty familiar with the universe, and we're mostly staying off the actual movie like areas except for Tatooine, and everyone and, knows what all the stuff does. You know, like yeah. if you see a, you see a Star Wars ship, you're like, oh, that's that does this. Yeah. Like it, it, it is, it's it's well known enough that everybody's pretty comfortable, but not well known enough for anybody to get bogged down in minutia. Yep. So, and, and I, which, I ran, in, I ran the first time I ever ran into that issue of trying to know the world was actually when I GM Shadowrun a few years back. Um, this is before we, this is before Final Shell film. Um, and uh, I was so busy trying to make sure that the world was that I knew the world correctly, even though my players didn't necessarily know it correctly that I got bogged down in that rather than trying to create a fun story and campaign. Um, which is why my next my next Shadowrun campaign is focused entirely on the setting on a part of the setting that exists in the in the canon. So <laughs> um, skip all that. Nobody knows anything. Exactly. Nobody knows anything up. because it doesn't exist outside of the story. Yeah. Um, yeah that, that, I don't I don't I don't know what's inspired that I no I do want to know what inspired that tangent. Inspired by the, the about knowing Mass Effect World. Um, I don't know what, where would where did we get to there from though? Yeah, let's uh, let's go back to Jin. That's heading, where we were. Heading back to Jin. <laughs> so, yeah, because I, Jin, I, Jin was an interesting one for me because yeah. um, I could predict how most other people would react in a situation. I couldn't. I obviously, you know, uh, every time I tried to predict what Jim would do, he did something different. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> Well, I mean that—that's that. You know, in my head, Jin is a fully fleshed-out character. I know how Jin will react to just about any situation because he's not a—he's not a—he's <coughs> not a character. He's—he's uh, not a—he's um, not a character on a page. He's a fully fleshed-out person with specific ideas and specific ideals and, and a way that he looks at the world that is influenced by his past. Um, it's it, and that does that does tend to make him hard to predict if you're not in his head. You know, that's one of the things where if, if when you have a when you have a complex person, it's difficult to predict how they'll react if you don't have all the information. Um, and I I I actually I'm very proud of the fact that you could not predict how he would react. <laughs> somebody somebody keeps, somebody keeps muttering. That's the point. That sounds. Nope, not me. Who was whispering into their microphone? Mm, I might have been, possibly. <laughs> it sounded like Corvus. Oh, okay. I was. I was muted. I think. No, oh. that's fine. Okay. Anyways, it might be oh well. Right. Yeah. Um. 
yeah, Jim was the most um, difficult character to deal with uh, as a GM <laughs> because um, every situation I set up to be a social interaction, you stab them. Every character I set up to be uh, a fight, you ran past it. <laughs> <laughs> this the the second part is actually more interesting. <laughs> yeah, like you could like, that that is very interesting because like you can I can imagine a character that stabs everybody basically that like violence is their answer if they can't think of something to say but interesting to run away from a fight well it's like because i i got tired of every fight every fight every like encounter i set up ending up being stabbed so i was like right well i'll give you something to fight and then at the end you were like well i don't want to fight it i'm gonna run past it and get to the ship get to our Sure. Let's. I tell you what. Shall I just start talking about the campaign generally? Sure. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, go jump, on. So, Let's jump into that. I opened you up uh, on Tatooine, running away um, in a cantina, which is the, the. You know, it's it's a good. It's it's in the, the beginners game. It's a good place to start because it gives your characters a chance to immediately make a choice about what kind of thing they do when they're in a situation. Um, I even had uh, like the book giving me some lists of examples of things people might do. Um, if I recall correctly, top of the list was uh, sit down at the bar and pretend that nothing's happened, which I think is what Jin did. Yep. Yes, I believe that's correct. Um, then what did Sirk do, Zag? Uh, Sirk was trying to hide. So, yep. Hiding in a hide. Booth. Yep. Uh, what did um, VK do? Um, sit in a booth, basically oblivious. Yep, okay. Again, try. And what did uh, Fen do? Uh, he was also trying to appear inconspicuous in a booth. And, the, and so there were other options, like um, you could have tried to talk your way backstage um, where the dancing people were. Um, you could have like tried to look around for someone to climb up and then climbed up and hid in the roof. You could have um, got behind the bar and pretended to like, be bar staff. Um, but it told me basically what your character was doing very quickly early on. And then we had the very fun part where I just threw some Gamorreans at you and was like, right, let's see who does what. <laughs> and we ended up with the great situation where, um, because I, you know, fudged the dice, we ended up with a, a, a Gamorrean eating poison. <laughs> yep. Um, while his friend was being stabbed in the face, which was hilarious. Yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> um, let me see. From, from there, we went on through Tatooine. Um, I'm surprised you didn't stab the shopkeeper. <laughs> Knowing what I know now. Wait, didn't we? I thought we did. I thought we no, killed we, him. We no, him. We, no, we didn't. We set him Since up. Sorry, we set him up advantage to, to bring the bad guy in. <laughs> so, yeah, right. so... So that was another interesting one because you had what was it a triumph there? Yeah, yeah. Um, and you effectively asked me, "Can we have the big bad walk in right now and um, find out that he's being betrayed?" <laughs> and I was like, right. "If you really, really want, then yes, you really can do really that." I think, from what I recall, Sen hadn't see hadn't picked up on the fact that his name was on the preamble of the adventure. No, as I, I like had, I hadn't realized flash, that he, I thought big he flash. Was, this is your end boss, end boss, end boss. It was well in, in, in my in my head. It was like this is a stepping stone to the actual 
thing. You know, it's like <clears throat> I was I was I wasn't thinking of him as, I was thinking of him as a means to an end, not the actual boss. Because you don't reveal who the big bad is in the opening preamble. Well, you do in Star Wars. No, you yeah. don't. <laughs> the no, Empire. You do in Star Wars. In, 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 I mean, in Star Wars, do, in, but... in, in Star Wars, they don't go in the preamble. They don't say, "Oh, by the way, Lando's going to betray Han and Bespin." Like that. <laughs> no, they're talking about Darth that's, Vader, though. That's, that's a twist. Yeah, you know, Darth Vader's going to be the bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> he's honestly, introduced I... in the first fifteen seconds. He walked in <laughs> looking evil. That's true. Yeah. I, honestly, I actually thought I actually thought Jin's idea was great. Like, or it was creative, and it clearly didn't go the way we wanted. Well, but I, I actually thought it was really cool. Actually, I, I made it, it work. Went, it actually went exactly the way I wanted because I, I wanted him to. I wanted to get some information on the guy, which we did, and also to have him deal with the shopkeeper, which he did. <laughs> yeah, luckily I I um was able to uh, adapt on the spot and put the information. That in was the a computer. fine adaptation. Yeah. <laughs> that went pretty well. <laughs> like so much of the stuff that ha- let, me, let me see if I can find the PDF um, that tells you uh, um, the, the 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 book that tells you what players may or may not do. Yeah, here we go. Beginners <laughs> game, Edge of the Empire. Um, so uh, we got through the cantina, encounter three, the junk shop. Um, the possible things it puts forward are, can we buy the thing from you? Can you tell us more about this, uh, this bounty hunter, Captain Drex? Can we pay you more than he's offering to buy the part? We represent him. He's sent ah. us to buy the part from you. That Wouldn't one, you by the way, was, se- was going to be mine. Yeah. Sorry, Wouldn't you rather sell the part to us because we're so likable and he's a bad man? Sell us the part or, <laughs> sell us the part or we will hurt you. How do yeah. we know the part's even any good? You better show it to us. And then you come back and steal it later. Um, like, yeah, the one of we represent him, that was, that was the one where I was muted and that's what we say did it. That was going game. to be my Also, that would, that would have likely been something that Cirque would have taught us as well. Mm. <laughs> it seems so obvious. <laughs> I, I, I like that. I like that. That's that many options for things that they could do, and we went for yet another different option. Oh, Jim went for that option. <laughs> then yeah. we went completely off the rails. Um, because, you know... Because you, we sequence skipped. Um, <laughs> we broke sequence. Well, no, you didn't, actually. Uh, I sent oh. you straight back onto the next part. Um... Because okay, we hastened it. Um, well, no, because you came. I can't remember what exactly what you came out of that with. You had, you didn't have the part, right? Yeah, we no, didn't have it. We went. Well, we, we were we, like, we, we didn't have the part, but then we went and I, I, I got, I got on his computer and got a whole bunch of information. Right. Yeah. That's that's a bit that I made up entirely. <laughs> okay. Um, on the spot. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was like, oh, I'll just hint that there's a computer here so they can at least find out what the fuck they're supposed to be doing. Um, <laughs> because otherwise they're buggered. Welcome to DMing, coming up with things on the fly. <laughs> um, it was fine. I, I, mean, I, I did it pretty much instantly. Um, then we came to the control bit. This is where I started having fun. Because... Whose idea was it for the speeders? Mine. Yeah. That was good. Um, that was good, yeah. It was there on the map, and we absolutely used it in our campaign. Um, but we just, like, 
kicked the engines into into high gear and set it flying at the place and then just saw what happened, then ran up and was like, oh, God, a horrible speeder crash. Oh, no, let me just sneak inside while this is going on. Um, whereas you guys just decided to... Um, was it one or two? Two. Yeah, you sent two speeders in. <laughs> Um, we sent we sent one to try to we sent one to try to sideswipe the droids that were guarding it, and yeah. then the second one to put a hole in the wall. Yeah. I think the second one was supposed to do something else, but it, that's what ended up happening. Yeah, uh, there was a secondary entrance you could have gone to that you could have like done a computers check or a, a skull duggery check to get in through. Um, but that was pretty much you know what I expected you know to fight your way inside. Um. How did you convince the overseer to release the clamps? Well, I think we told we them we just... were part of Trex's crew. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um. And who did that? Uh. Sierk. Jean. Probably. If Gene, I'm sure Jean and Sierk were involved. Right. Okay. I think because that was all. I suspected it was both. No, it was me and Fie, it was it was Jin and Fien. It was me and me and Chris. Oh. That was fairly uh, by the book, I expect. Yeah, okay. Because Sierk was hiding in a corner. Yeah, I don't, I don't um, remember it exactly. But yeah. Then I think I was going to have you come across a group of stormtroopers. Did you remember that? Did yep, you see some yep. stormtroopers? We, we, walked out, we walked outside and immediately into a group of stormtroopers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what because I remember, the, I remember the, hey, you, they are the guys we're looking for. Yeah. <laughs> what did, how did you deal with that? Uh, I think we jumped we, in the speeder and took off. Yeah, we jumped in the speeder and took off. Ah, uh, yeah. We, did, we didn't want to fight them. Oh, I think we ran over one of them, but or one or two of them. But um, we, you know, not really in a position to fight a whole lot of them. So we're like, we will go to the ship and we will leave. Yeah, I mean that that's kind of an encounter in the, in the book. They say is set up to teach you don't fuck around with stormtroopers because even though in the films they go down all the time, in this game they're actually kind of badass. Yeah. Um, and then we came to getting into the landing bay. I seem to remember that being pretty went pretty all right. It went fine. Can't remember exactly. Um, there was a, a minor complication. I don't um, remember a minor step-based complication, or <laughs> well, you uh, there was the guy outside that you spoke to, and then you sort of discussed your plan in front of him. No, no, we didn't discuss our plan in front of him. We discussed our plan on the ride there. Uh, no, we, or something. We discussed our something plan on the like, ride there, and then we, we, we like sort of came up to him to say that we, we, we talked our way into it, saying that we needed to meet with Rex. Um, and then as we, after we passed, the guy, the guy, uh, calmed Trex, saying that there were bounties coming in. I, I think and, what happened is, like, we got all... there, and then it's like, wait a minute, what are we actually doing? Let's rewind until while we're on the way there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, and then he yep. he called Trex and said, "Hey, there are some bounties on the way, and I think either Corvus or Zagrog heard it." Yes, that was it. Because you us. failed your you failed your check to get in, but he let you in anyway. Yeah. Because he didn't he didn't believe you like you weren't you didn't convince him, but he let you in because he was like, "Well, you know, Trex will want to see these guys. I'll just warn him." And then yeah, you picked up on it. 
And so then we, 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 we walked in, started talking to Trex, and I very purposely kept walking towards him as we were talking until I was in arm's reach. And then the chest came out. And then I stabbed him. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I tried to make that into a sort of thing where there was lots of other stuff for people to do. Um, with, with that one in particular, I told everybody what my plan was. It's like, I'm going to walk up to him while I'm talking to him and stab him. And everybody seemed surprised when I walked up to him while talking to him. Well, I was describing him, him as an eight-foot-tall trend ocean that was basically made of muscle. That's okay. <laughs> like, that's not the usual kind of thing that you want to engage in, in melee combat. Yeah, but, you know, it's gin. So. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, high intellect. No, he's going to stab him anyway. Okay, sure, why not? Hi oh, yeah. I mean, because just because he's bigger does not necessarily mean he'll win. Yeah. And he did. I, I had to knock his stats down a bit mid fight. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, then I, I got you guys into space. We had a little um, spacey thing go on. And. Uh, I gave you the option of the quick escape or the not quick escape. We we got the quick escape and that took us to the next stage of the campaign where we were at the uh I believe it's called Grimrath Station. That's not ominous at all. No, it's not. And then we got into the real side swipey things, because what the hell? No, seriously, guys, what the oh, hell? Yeah, that was... <sighs> okay. Don't blame me, I voted for Kodos. <laughs> yeah. That was very confusing. Uh, I'm just going to be right back a sec. Right. Sorry. Well, uh, so we got to the station, and um, we, we, we decided that the best idea was to have ourselves brought in as cargo? No, no, the, the part that I found found very confusing was... They radioed us. We replied and said, we are just here for repairs, whatever. We have no cargo. And then when we presented ourselves, we effectively presented ourselves as not existing, but also having cargo. No, no, no. We, did, we didn't. I don't think we replied. Yeah, I, no, I, we I, thought, I thought we didn't reply. No, we definitely did. Because they were like, yep. hey, we recognize you because they recognized the ship because it was tracked as a ship or whatever. What's up? And we're like, Back. Uh, we're just here for we're just here to, to to get repairs. We have no cargo. Don't worry about it. We just need repairs because we did. I remember we told us, them that. I, I remember us ignoring the call entirely. Nope, that's not what happened. You had a conversation with them. You, Jin, had a conversation with them. Uh, I don't <laughs> we told remember them we were... having that conversation. Well, we so... did. We, okay, which makes more, which makes the rest of your plan make more sense if that's the case. But that's yeah, not what happened. We well, said we also like was, said, that was one that was one of the places where we also had like a two week break between episodes that yeah. day too. So it's like, like I said, it was very confused. It's like we told them that one, the ship had people on it. We were getting, but we had no cargo. And then when we docked, we effectively presented ourselves as not having anybody on board, but apparently having some cargo. And then they took the cargo in and then covered it in gas. I don't pumped it full of gas. No, wait, the gas was me. So was it? Let, let's let's go back. Let's go back. I'll, let's rewind. Yeah. Right. <laughs> First thing that happened, 
you came into system, they they hailed you, and they said, oh, oh, uh, Captain Trex, how's it going? What do you need? What's up? Um, uh, you contacted them back and said, okay, well, yeah, we're just here for um, repairs. We don't have any cargo. And you, I made you roll a deception check, which you failed. That was why we hid. That was why we hid. Yeah, yes, but we had talks to them. <laughs> that was why they we didn't hid. know we were there. Because it was confusion. Anyway, because we were so you felt they weren't going to believe us. So. But well, that's the thing is that they never let on that they didn't believe you. So that like that was hilarious metagaming. I don't remember. Yeah. No, 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 no. They did let on. There was something about the way he responded that ticked me off that he didn't. Mm-hmm. Like there, there was there was something about the way you 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 responded as him, just the way he talked, that made me think he was not fully honest. Okay, sure, we'll go with that. And then they tracked you in. Yeah. Uh, and then you hid. So they sent repair droids to your ship, out of uh, you know expendable repair droids to find whoever was on the ship and find out who they were. Um, and look around for Trex. Uh, they came onto the ship and they found Trex's arm. Yeah. Set up in a high five position. Yep. <laughs> and they, they, you know, then right. they looked around. They were like, "Well, there's no actual, there's no people on the ship, so I guess we won't repair it." And then they left. <laughs> yep. And that's where I had to start fudging things a bit because I'm like, there is no way out of this situation that makes any goddamn sense. It, it it was a weird situation. <laughs> um, because you got onto this ship on the space station and hid when they came to check on you. Like, if you'd just been there, like, yeah, um, to the droids, like, they were droids. They, they would have been like, oh, okay, you're here, we'll fix the ship. Um, and then we'll send someone down from uh, command to see what the hell's going on. They probably would have turned up with, you know, like a few guards and stuff, and you guys could have ambushed them or whatever, or talked your way past or whatever you wanted to do. But instead, <laughs> something that I have never seen happen happened, and you guys captured yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> And you spent spent light side points to do it. (laughs) And I was like, okay, out of character, Captain Trex is a bounty hunter. He works for this station. He delivers cargo to the station. The cargo's humans or or organic life forms. Yep. Um, So, yes, of course, there were big crates that could house humans in his cargo bay. They were definitely already there. <laughs> and they definitely had all the special modifications on them that I later brought into use. Yep. Um, but you put yourselves in the cargo container. I'm not sure what the plan was at that point. What was the plan? Uh, well, I, I, I think we were thinking that he had that we were supposed to be non cargo. Um, I believe we were trying to hide under Wookiee pelts. Yeah, like we were. Like yeah. We were hiding under Wookiee pelts. We were, we were, we thought we were getting into non-slave cargo crates. I was slave. delivering them. And yeah. like, the, the, the objective was to get into... Well, when we told them we didn't have cargo, we were saying we didn't have human cargo. We were, trying, we were trying to play off as if we were, like, 
just pelts or something that could be traded. Right, um, but yeah, but unknown, to, unknown to you, unknown to you, Captain Trex only brings in human cargo. But the droids who handle cargo didn't know that. Then why were there why were there Wookie pelts then? He's a Trandoshan. He kills. Uh, he hunts and kills Wookies and keeps the pelts. That's what he does. See, I feel like this was part of a partly a, an issue with the description of the thing because. We no, 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 I, 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 the description I, I gave you, the description, the description I gave you the Wookiee pelt was that he had one in his cockpit as an ornament. Like, he had well, a no, Wookiee no, fur no. rug. I, I, no, I, I specifically more. asked if there were crates of Wookiee pelts, and you said yes. But no, you, you said you wanted there to be. <laughs> you spent <laughs> a lightside point to create those. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, there was, after eventually, somewhere. <laughs> It was interesting. I, 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 I just I said it in my head, I was like in my head, well, you know, he's, he's probably got those crates to go and sell somewhere on uh, Dosh. Again, I believe, uh, in any case, I believe the plan was we would get into the crates of non human cargo, the droids would come on, take us, put us in like a cargo bay somewhere, and then we would sneak out. Yeah, that right, was okay. In theory, so, I think the that idea. Was, that, yeah, that was the plan. The I don't know if there was ever press. The droids didn't know they were looking for non human cargo. No, neither did um, the GM. And <laughs> and so Antitonic, being the one in charge, uh, well, there's your first problem. Yeah, <laughs> Antitonic, yeah. being the one in charge, could have been like, uh, "Can I tell where I'm going? You know, is there some sort of uh, or spoken to the droids and been like, so where's this? Where where does this go?" Um, <laughs> but you got onto the lift, and the plan I had was I was going to like have you attacked in the lift, or like you know in some way put upon in the lift when you got onto it. But because you were in the crate, I didn't need to. <laughs> so you came up at the lift completely without incident, went down the corridor towards the holding cells because the crates were like, well, there's organic cargo in here. You know, it, was, it scanned you and went, oh, there's living things in here. This must be for the holding cells bit. And then so Antisonic went with you towards the big thing labeled holding cells yep, yep, or detention yep, yep. area. Well, walked in like bold, brazen, like, hello, I'm a droid, I have cargo, and the people in there were like, the, I, what? Where, where did this come from? I don't understand. <laughs> Tried to get some information out of him. How did that go, Auntie? I cannot remember. <laughs> I'm sure it went well. You, <laughs> you effectively went beep boop, I am a robot. <laughs> So I was like, all right, I'll go along with it. They clearly want to be here. Beep boop, I am Beep. a robot. Uh, here, is, here is the function of these crates. Here is the knockout gas. Yep. And, so, and then you were in holding cells. I'm like, all right, well, I guess I'll trigger this a bit earlier and, and just and had the Rackles attack. Yeah. Was, was the knockout gas me or was that just from the crate? That was from the crate. Okay, good. Because for some reason, I, I'm, I'm, I'm picturing myself being like... No, you were the only one that didn't nah. get knocked out. Yeah, I remember that part. But I was just like, this sounds like the sort of plan where I would have triggered some gas to somehow affect them. Yeah, I don't know. You were, if I remember rightly, you were, you were awake, Corvus? Yeah, I think the plan yeah. was... I was waiting for you to spring into action. I was like... Soon. <laughs> yeah, so could, now. Except, well, no, Antitonic was supposed to get us out of the crates. Yeah. Okay, the problem, I think the problem there was everybody else was knocked out except me. 
I was waiting for somebody to come in so that I could shoot them with like the poison dart thingy. Except nobody did, or possibly I just decided that I wasn't going to win in a fight on my own anyway, and just decided, mm. you know what, it's probably safer if we just end up in the holding cells. <laughs> like, I have honestly never had, in any game I've played, had a party capture themselves. I've had people get captured on purpose. Um, that's actually a, <laughs> a surprisingly good strategy. It, it's never not worked for them, right? It's got a 100% success rate. But, well, capturing ourselves also now has a hundred percent success rate. Yeah, so you can true. put that in your stats. Yep. Plus, why should we rely on the enemies to do that? <laughs> <laughs> we are perfectly capable of doing that ourselves. And so from there, um, I triggered the event, and uh, yeah, basically so, it turned into a sort of semi-horror game. So was the, the plan? So the plan, like the, the, the campaign idea, was always for us to get captured. Eventually. No, no, uh, no! You didn't have to get captured at all. But that was potentially an option. Uh, it was okay. an option. Yeah, this this whole station was effectively a big playground that whatever I wanted to happen would right. happen in, or could happen in rather, and you could just interact with it however you wanted. Hmm. Um, and eventually, the rackles would attack, and yeah, at some point something would trigger that. There was like a time thing going in the background. I had. Um, Based on like distance you travel, the number of actions you took, uh, and things that would happen, <clears throat> like, you you could have absolutely bluffed your way on. Mm. You could have bluffed your way on, been been part of like and joined up with not joined up with, but pretended to be part of this gang that was on the station. Gang, not really. These people. Um, there were any number of possibilities, uh, and uh, you know the the Rackles could have done whatever, whenever, um, as long as eventually. Um, you got to the top of the station, released the clamps, uh, and then left. But what I never accounted for is that your ship never got repaired. <laughs> yep. Well, I mean, you, that's, that's certainly something you could have just been like, and your ship was repaired while you were doing stuff. Like, yeah, but there was no reason for them to repair your ship. because well, there's plenty of reason for them to repair the ship. Salvage. Like yeah, that's not repairing it. That's, that's taking it to pieces. Well, no, well, I mean, they no. could have just captured it and like, repaired it for themselves. It's, it's, it is now well, no, our because ship. We're going to, we don't as soon to, as we don't have to rip it apart, it's our ship. As soon as, um, literally, as soon as that was like an option for them, they were like, "Well, you know, clearly they must have turned up on that ship." They were they were, they were putting things together in command, and then everything went to hell. Yeah, yeah. So I, there, I was, mean, there were other priorities. I mean, you could have hand waved it pretty. Said it was repaired yeah, while you were I busy. felt like because you guys hid, then it wouldn't have made sense. Like to me, at least, like it would have made sense to be have that as a priority. Uh, possibly, I will tell you now. I wouldn't have questioned it. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of felt like it was. There were a lot, there were a lot of things was, we didn't question. <laughs> it was just. It was justifiable. I felt. Um, oh that, yeah, no, but you're. But you don't have to justify it to us. You, you're the one saying it was a problem that the ship wasn't repaired when we left. <laughs> well, it wouldn't have been a problem. I never expected it to be a problem. Is what I'm getting at. I mean, it wasn't a problem for us. We were like, oh, the ship's still, ship's still fucked. Yeah, that's fine. Let's go. Yeah. Well, what else are we gonna do? <laughs> what? What are we? <laughs> yeah. gonna, if we so die, we, we die. die. Let's go. We continued on through the station. We have a very nihilistic group here. Yeah, um, and we got yeah. to you know, a few things happened. Uh, Is it just me, or was there a bit of like Poseidon adventure in this little part of it? 
Mm. I've never seen I that mean, movie. There, there were a few distinct moments that I'm like, okay, well, this is this part of my direct correlation. Yeah. Oh, which bit? Because I've never seen that. Um, well, specifically for me, the bit with the in the weapons the, in the armory. Yeah. Like where it's like, oh, there's all this electricity. Oh, and it's like, that's, I mean, that's a bit of a trope. Maybe it started with yeah, this adventure, but, but it, pretty much made that up. Yeah, but like the first thing I thought of was, oh, well, in the Poseidon adventure, this is the part where it's underwater and the one character comes through, oh, I used to be a champion swimmer. I'll, I'll handle this part. It's, it's, it, that is definitely a bit of a trope, though, right? Like, yeah. the, like it, I, it possibly it started with Poseidon Adventure, or possibly it's come up in other things prior, but it's definitely the sort of thing where it's like, either you've got a particular character who's the only character who can get through an area and turn off, like, the fans or the electricity or the gas or the whatever in a video game. Well, that's the thing. Work. I actually didn't know. I didn't know how you were going to overcome that. I just made it up on the spot and gave With you some information and, and uh, went to see what you wanted to do. How, how did we overcome that? I forgot. Uh, somebody went and turned it off, I think. They just, like, snuck through. I remember rightly. We, we also did chained it, I think. I don't remember. I, it basically just involved us getting past... Oh wait, no. We could, we, could, we, could get, we could get past it. The droid, uh, uh, the droid could not. That was it. Yeah, and then we turned it off, at, like with the computer check or whatever, and then it was fine. Mm-hmm. Then brother. we came through to medical. Sorry, no. We skipped the like half hour long standoff with the dude with the grenade. Oh yeah, sorry. The residences. Yes. So you were traveling through the residences, um, <laughs> and there were rat ghouls around, and. I'd already played the paranoia thing where that happens, and I thought it would be really funny to just insert that into Star Wars and see how you guys dealt with it. And again, did not expect anything that you guys did. Like, the soldier went into the room with a live grenade. I was like, oh, that was new. That was unexpected. <laughs> it's interesting that you're, refer- you're referencing paranoia there. The player who went and took care of it was the player who wasn't playing paranoia. Yes. <laughs> well, it's, it's like paranoia. We we ran paranoia after this, actually. You should really, did we? Yes. Hmm. Oh, so you're referencing having played a previous game of paranoia, yes. or okay. Well, interesting. I didn't notice. I didn't notice the parallels in either situation. But I as I said, Alan paranoia. The oh. I don't remember. Anyway, the point is, Jin dealt with that, and Sinsaku was not, was not playing Paranoia, was he? Well, what happened in Paranoia? I don't remember. I think he blew up. Yeah, he did. Was that the guy I tried to force-feed happy pills? Yes. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> did we record that one? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. We've talked about that before. Yeah. So, in Paranoia... <clears throat> the the it, the the encounter is there, basically to try and get the players to you know push, shove, uh, sacrifice one of their friends in a hilarious fashion. In this, it was a bit more interesting because I was like, right, okay, you could try and talk him down, uh, you could try and um, you know close the room and go round, you could try and uh, like stun him or something, and uh, and then or shoot him or whatever. Um, what I did not expect was to go into the room with the live grenade and then wrestle about with him on the floor. 
Yeah, that's but I don't think we knew he had a live grenade until we were already in the room. Yeah, but you could have left. <laughs> the door was open. Antitonic stayed outside the whole time. I think we were, we were running away from Rackles at the point. At that point, we were like, well, we ha- can't well, go back. You'd encountered them, and then they'd vanished. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think at least the feeling that I got was, we probably don't want to go backwards. Yeah. I mean, so. it, 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 that's, that's a fair um, stance to take. But in that case, you could have just like shot the guy and shut the door. Yeah, but we're also theoretically good guys, so a bit weird. You could have talked him down. Could have. I just wanted to be unconscious. Like at at that point, at that point, I was I had determined like it, it, Jin had determined we're not going to be able to talk him down. He is in he is in panic shock mode. So the only correct solution was to render <laughs> him unconscious and take the grenade from him. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's oh, a wow. lot of risk. <laughs> Jin oh, is an interesting character. I'm, you know, he's a he. He, he deals he's with things forward. very specifically. He's not a nice character. <laughs> no, he's not a nice character. Uh, right. He's, um, he's never he's never pretended to be nice. So that happened. We went to the armory. We went on to medical. <clears throat> in medical, I basically dangled a big carrot in front of Zagrog. And he bit. <laughs> he sure did. You there, Zach? Uh, I don't know. He, he might be muted. Mm. Okay, well, the rest of you... Sorry, yeah, I was muted. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Basically, yeah, yeah, about... dangling a carrot, is, uh, a carrot like that is a very effective way to motivate Sirk. Greed is, in fact, his motivation. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, okay, so there's these sleeping rat ghouls in the room. They've clearly been, like, you know, experimented on, whatever, blah, 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 blah. But there's all this good stuff in the room. Oh, yeah. So you can sneak around. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah go ahead. Absolutely, go and sneak around. Have some fun. Um... And then you did. And I was like, okay, right, he'll leave now. And he didn't. So, okay. <laughs> he, fine, yeah, okay, make the check. Okay, you, yeah, you know, you've got this other thing. But you're going to leave now, right? <laughs> nah. And then he didn't leave. <laughs> and then he went... <laughs> then he went for everything in the room, for the clean sweep, and... What was your roll, like, three threat? <laughs> I don't Failed. remember. I think you failed and rolled three through at the same time. Yeah, um, possibly. And I was like, okay, well, there's only one thing I can really do in this situation because I didn't plan any of that. So the well, it was I, a sweet scene. Yeah. Well, Total greed mode. That was, was entirely planned. Uh, no, that room was off the cuff. Okay. I made that up because I'm like, oh, I wonder what what would happen well, if. Then. Um. <coughs> Because this whole time, I, I, um, I've been like, right, well, you know, Ragdolls are clearly there. They're clearly a threat to everyone who's not Jin. Um, so what can I do to sort of split the party a bit, a little bit? You know, and not not split it actually. Like you're in the same room still, but put one of you in danger. Um, and then we got into that. Like the logical conclusion of that was the part where Ziak got bitten, and then you guys had to help him. And then convince him that he needed helping, and I thought that was that was really good from everyone. Like that was really interesting. Um, everyone was playing two character very well there. 
I hold him down, you stab him. Yes. Yeah, that, 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 as far as I could tell, that was Jin's character. Oh yeah, no, that, that, was, that, was, that was perfectly, it's like, okay, you've got a thing you can do that I can't do. Grab, hold. Yeah. And then I started having some fun um, making Zagrog think that he was like going to st- suddenly turn into a rat <laughs> <laughs> I won't lie. I won't lie. That was the entertaining part for me. <laughs> I wasn't really sure what what I honestly I my character really didn't really didn't really know what was going to happen. It was just like you know what he might turn into Rekel, and this might help. And either way, it, if if neither if if those things are not correct, well, it's not going to hurt anything to have done this. So. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Like you, you, you all did the 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 smart thing I mean, in that it, situation. It won't hurt anything. Except for Sirk, when you failed to cure him correctly, that you oh, stabbed him. Yeah, but my point is, if he was going to turn into a rackle, he was, and this, if this wasn't going to help with that, it would no longer matter that we didn't have this. It might have turned him into a super rackle. That would have been <laughs> yeah. bad. <laughs> yes. It's okay, then I would have just had to kill him harder. Congratulations, uh, Zagrok. You are now the BBEG of the campaign. <laughs> that's, that's, that would be funny. Um, <laughs> No, I, I, I wasn't going to do that. It was um, it was fun for me to see like Sierk trying to escape and uh, at the same time being like convinced and talked down because that's what I really wanted from the grenade encounter was for someone to talk someone down. <laughs> um, we did eventually talk him down, but only after I had stabbed him at least once. Yeah, 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 and which was great. I oh, think Sierra's response was completely appropriate in this I, situation. I thought you were talking about the grenade encounter. I was like, we did not oh, talk no, him no. down, we shot him. No, you didn't. That's why I said <laughs> I wanted no, to Sierra talk someone him. down. Yeah, Sierra shot him. You guys him. had other ideas, but Sierra yeah. had enough of that shit. <laughs> yes, which was fun. I thought it was great. Um, <laughs> uh, me too. I think it was great. Sierra was yes. willing to put up with the danger, but, but it was starting to become too much. <laughs> And then we went up to the, uh, we, we, you know, I left out on that cliffhanger and then we were stuck there for a good few weeks. And I thought I really, I thought that was a really funny place to stop. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was Massive like, well, I'll just, I'll just leave Zagrog wondering if he's going to die for like a month. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, that, yeah, that's probably less, I felt like a bit of a dick. Less <laughs> fun for Zagrog. That, that, that was not, yeah. So interestingly... This is the last episode of that's going to be labeled Outer Rim for the for the miniseries. Um, and for the Worldfire miniseries, uh, this weekend is also the recording of the last episode of that uh, before we move on to Shadowrun. And both of the last recordings for both series is episode six. Huh. Even though huh. we started this a month and a half before we started Worldfire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, time zones, yeah. man. They they mess with then, everything. Then we pushed on. We went upstairs and we found um, what I hoped was an interesting character. Um, yeah. Who was like? Who was the captain of the station? Um, I I liked him. I felt like there was definitely more going to be. I felt like there was more to him. Then we got to see. There, there would, absolutely and, and, was. I feel like we would have been able to see more of him if we had had different characters. Possibly, yeah. Characters that didn't shoot first and ask questions later. We, no, we characters that roll, rolled dice we better. Talked first, <laughs> we, sir, we talked roll, first, sir. We talked first. We tried, but we rolled poorly. Yeah, like, you rolled real bad. He actually initiated <laughs> combat. 
I don't think no. he did. No, he no, was, I he, no he Finn went, initiated he was, contact. He was, he was about to initiate yeah, contact when Finn did it first. No, I like, basically don't know that. We lied to him. He saw through it, and I went, and then I shoot him, basically. Yeah. Because I'm like, yeah. no, he, or like, he basically said he didn't believe me. Or he, 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 he was going, he was going to, uh, he was going to put things together and do like a whole um, breakdown of, well, I think you've done this, and I think that you, you were the people we talked to on the ship, and I think that, um, you know, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and he was going to tell you why he thought you were lying. Right. Well, we I thought was he was convincing. We, and then we, you shot I him. Knew, well, I knew he was. I knew he knew we were lying, and I'm like, well, this is going to get a fight anyway, so I'm going to get the drop on him and shoot him and miss. Well, you you did get the drop on him. Yeah. And then I dropped him. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, I shot him and then ran away because yeah. See, it would have been. It would have been more. I think it was really cool. Yeah. Cause I, it was a potentially really cool scene. It could have gone in other ways, but it was fine how it worked out. Yeah, I mean, I I had a really interesting decision to make. (laughs) I mean, it is the sort of, like, at least for Finn, it's very Han Solo, Greedo thing, where it's like, talking, 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 okay, this isn't going to work out, so I'm going to shoot you before you can shoot me. Yeah, no, it worked worked out well. What I'm saying is there was more there if you'd wanted to find it. Oh, like and I could tell because he had so he had like these sort of weird mannerisms and these like pet rackles and a bunch of shit. And I was like, there is this is an interesting character, and I and I I was sli- I, at even at the time I was a bit sad we didn't actually get to like play with them a bit more, but it just seemed like the most reasonable thing to just try to kill them <laughs> at yeah. the time. Then then we came on to the part, the last part, where I improvised. Everything except the setup, because holy shit! Um, yeah, so we were in the hangar. Uh, I'll, I'm just gonna if we're on roll twenty, anyway, may as well drag you guys into here. Um, we were here in the hangar. There was a big enemy robot thing, there were some turrets, there was a control panel, there was a small ship, and there was a gun turret. What do you think I was planning to have happen here? You were planning for us to shoot it and kill it. Yeah. Yeah, that seemed like... What if you guys... what if you guys know why I was planning for that? What have you guys learned... What have you guys told me about trying to plan for what players... No, 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 but what have you... Why do you think I planned that? Because uh, a lot of our solutions, we have decided to shoot our way out. Yeah, no, because uh, your ship was fucked. This is a similar situation to uh, an earlier, earlier encounter, encounter in which we did the same thing we did here. Yes, take off on the ship. Well, no, because you, you, um, you, you had to like. This isn't exactly the same. It was That's different true. with Drex, um, because your ship was, it wasn't your ship, it was his ship, and it was fine, and there was, you know, you yeah. weren't uh, trying to escape from a space station. Yeah. Um, basically, the impression I was trying to give here was that you guys should probably deal with this thing before you try and escape in the ship, because your ship is so buggered. That was our, 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 our actual initial attempt was to get to the ships and use the ship's guns. Yeah, like that, the initial plan was to use the ship's guns to attack it, because we figured the ship's guns are going to be more powerful than anything else in this room. That was not 
the most would... obvious plan to make because of all the guns already in the room. Well, no, because yeah. the, the including guns, the, the shuttle, guns, the guns that was the armed. Room, the guns in the room were stationary turrets. The gun on the ship was meant for ship fighting in space. Like the the the, the, the uh, I'm pointing at the shuttle that was armed. Uh, I mean, well, yeah, but the like the shuttle was armed, but the shuttle is eight. So, if you compare the like in my mind, if you compare the firepower on a shuttle compared to the firepower on a ship, mm. the ship seems like it would have more firepower. It does, but it's also much harder to hit with um, at this scale. Like, like ships are designed for space combat. Yeah, but the, but the the the, log, the thinking was that the guns on the ship are going to do more damage to this thing than anything else, and then they didn't. And that and would have worked. A, and it was at that you're... point that we decided to run. That would well, that, that would have actually that would have worked if the ship hadn't been as damaged as it was. I mean, yeah. I mean, that, but that's like we said. We're, like we weren't planning on running initially, so the ship shipping damage didn't really matter. Um, no, that's what I meant. It would have been fine if you'd taken the thing out first, and then like. Oh yeah, not having not having damage would have definitely made a difference. Antisonic went straight for the control panel to, to take over the turrets, and I was going to have him have a back and forth battle where because this guy's got like effectively multi-core processing um, as an ability, which means he could have had a, a battle for control of the turrets with Antitonic while the fight was going on, and that would have progressed as the fight did. Um, oh. The shuttle was obviously there for Zagrog to take control of and give him a thing to do in the fight that was piloting. Mm. Um, Fen could have done whatever the hell he wanted, but there was plenty of stuff around, uh, well, like I the mean, gun turret and the, the, the crates. The crates full of um, the crates were full of all sorts of stuff that you could have found. I mean, he ran um, to the gun turret. That was yeah, yeah, he did. Yep. The only person that didn't do what I expected was Jin, who ran straight for the ship. And that's where the whole plan deviates. And, and well, yeah. I ran for the ship because and the gun turret in the ship. Because once he was on the ship, the thing naturally, like, I didn't expect you to do this, but naturally it started attacking the ship, and it would have destroyed the ship if you'd um, tried to fight it in it, because it did huge damage to the ship, because it was, you know, it's out of character. It's a, um, like, it's a, a, a droid that is like a tugboat, that's got enormous uh, tensile strength in its claws, and it, it was just crushing the ship. Yeah, like it can't use them on people because it's they're way too big, and it's you know it's it's ship sized. Um, it would have just had to like use its little um, arm, little cannons on its uh, on its arms that have been uh, retrofitted, um, or tried to. We come back to the one. issue that we've run into multiple times before in this campaign. It's Jin. Making and taking an an action to show as leading by example by taking an action you as the GM did not expect, and then that determines things for the rest of the party as well. Exactly, but to go along with him, yeah. I mean, yeah, like that's been my major problem for most of the campaign is that when Jim takes an action, it forces everyone else to go along with him. Yeah, he is a very direct. He's very direct about what he's doing. <laughs> Most of his things do not um, do not well support. At the, at the know, very least, I expected you to discuss it first with the rest of the group instead of just doing it. <laughs> well, I think that's, we, like, that's, that's not in character. <laughs> well, no, well, I mean, we did sort of like like I said, we the 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 this, like the there was a bit of back and forth, and one of the things was the guns on the ship would work pretty well against this thing, right? And uh, I, mean, I did point out at the time that the ship was pretty damaged. Yeah, but that, yeah. 
Pointing out I that mean, the ship is really damaged, but that, that like, we don't know how effective the guns are going to be. If the guns are super effective and blow it apart in one shot, then it won't matter if the ship's... Like, outside of... Uh, you, out, uh, Short of saying, if you get in the ship, he'll attack it and destroy it, which you can't do because you're the GM... Yeah, well, you you can't really give us enough information that we wouldn't think that would be a well, good idea. Well, I don't know. I, I did I did describe that coming in from outside, like it was clearly yeah. a space. I don't know if I was the only one thinking this, but I wasn't at all surprised that he chased us afterwards. Oh no, not that he surprised. chased not... us into space. So actually, I wasn't well, surprised. I will I will admit that I I made that up on the spot. I thought I, I thought he had crawled in, not flown in. That's true. Yeah. He like, did actually, both. He, yeah, you said you, you described him crawling in as if that he is had, true. Like, he was crawling you in described him crawling in. Not we not didn't have an idea that he would turn into a ship, but no, I wasn't I, surprised I that he chased. I didn't us. either. I didn't have an idea he would turn into a yeah. ship because I didn't think you'd get on the ship because I thought you would, um, you know, be worried that he would destroy the ship if you did. He hadn't destroyed the yeah. ship until now because he's been here, you know, like, he, he saw you and saw the ship and didn't go straight for the ship, he went for you. Yeah. But I didn't realize that was, you know, that uh, that you were hoping that getting on the ship would mean it didn't get damaged. Jin apparently didn't care care for, care, care about the risk to the ship. Yeah, I was hoping that the ship's guns would deal with it fast enough that it didn't matter. Yeah, but like, mm. don't forget that that ship was your only way out of here, and the the station was infested with like. I didn't expect you to gamble everything on the ship. Like, I thought <laughs> there's no way they're gonna do that because there's a problem with this campaign when you set parameters off. to an encounter yeah. which aren't perfectly obvious. The only <laughs> only person who the uh, who, the person who makes the call is Jin and Jin alone. Yeah, no true. one else is asked like, because well, Jin okay. makes a uh, makes a decision based on what he thinks and no one else. I don't and think then everyone has to follow him. I don't think that's to. necessarily true in the sense that like Jin says this is what we are doing. He says this is what I am doing and the things he do does are very like you don't go back from the things that he does, which results <laughs> yeah. in having to yeah, follow. He always him, takes yeah, the line that you have to thing. follow. Yeah, like not because he thinks that we will follow or that we should follow or that like he is making the decision for the group. He's making the decision for himself, and it just happens to all, almost always be if we want to try to stay alive, we kind of need to stick with him. Well, my my, my thought, my thinking was, um, okay, Jin is a military soldier. Uh, he will look at the assets of the situation and assess them, and he'll say, yeah, right, okay, so maybe the ship's guns are powerful enough to destroy this thing, but also their large scale might be hard to hit this thing. Also, I think you forgot what aspect of the military he was in, though. But, yeah, no, no, but putting... <laughs> uh, at, at the very least, like you, you could make an assessment that the one asset that must be protected at all costs is the ship, because that is the only thing that can get us off of this station. We don't we know that to be true. That's, uh, I, the, I'm leaning towards that too. Well, we to don't know you, that to, to be the true. the best of your knowledge. Right, but like, we don't know that that is the case, right? You would have to saying, know like, that is literally the only out. No, no, but, but Jin as a soldier would only deal in what he knows to be true, right, Sensaku? Uh, yeah, but he, you're, you're, you're approaching it from a different perspective. You're approaching it from the perspective of a, of a uh, more of a tactician. <laughs> uh, Jin is a, Jin's a ground pounder. Uh, his, I don't know. His, his, his perspective in the military has always been... I thought he was a 
tactician. Oh, he, no, he was a ground pounder. He's a he was he's he was a leader of a squad. He was a squad leader. Yeah. But a, but like Marines. Not 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 like he his his perspective has always been hit the ground hard and hit the enemy harder. Do you like, mean Marines like all Marines or Marines yeah, like 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 ooh, right. yeah, like Right, okay. That's fringes. Like like not not uh, like the, the, his his objective has always been to because because in Star Wars Marines are about getting from one ship to another. Yeah, yeah, and no, then... no, 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 no. <laughs> ground, he, he's a ground pounder. Right. Um, okay. Like like it's a get get troops on the ground, get them at the objective, obliterate the objective before it can retaliate. That's 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 the military tactic that he ascribes to. That's the military tactic that his squad ascribed right. to. Um, yeah, no, I just did not. I did not. That's predict, why they're all dead. Um, I did not predict <laughs> that you would risk the ship. <laughs> well, okay, because the, the objective was the most amount of firepower that I could put out in this room, in order to quick, in order to eliminate the eliminate the enemy those fastest is on the ship. I think it's not necessarily unreasonable to assume that there'd be other ways off the station as the thing. Really? Yeah, because we have we You're don't know. Hangar. Well, when a well, hangar. Yeah, you're in a hangar. Like We're you haven't hangar, seen yeah. anything else on the station. Well, no, there was so an, there's another shuttle in the hangar. Yeah, well, there has to, which 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 logically would mean that there is, has to be at least the people on the ship have to be able to go out for supplies of it. So on the space station have to be able to go out for. When supplies. I described the ship, I think I described it as being damaged. Well, probably. We I mean we came oh, in sure. on, yeah. on the shuttle. No, no, no. This is a shuttle. It's it's in my list uh, as John no. Master Scout ship. Brackets damaged. No, you didn't uh, describe it as damaged. I mean, maybe, a but shuttle being there. I don't remember. Okay. Put it this way, I feel like I don't think it is unreasonable to be like, we will die if we don't kill this. It doesn't matter if we blow up the ship. We will have to. If if that if that's what it, if if losing the ship is what it takes to not die to the giant robot. Yeah. We'll figure out something else. Because yeah. right now, I am far more concerned about the giant robot than I am about the station. Okay. That's exactly. interesting. Yeah, because, I mean, at, at the very worst the very worst case scenario, we can fix the ship or find another one on this station. There has to be another well, ship on this station. We, I mean, that's not necessarily true, but it's not really the immediate concern. Yeah. Well, for, for, for the record, there were other ships on the station, but they've all left. Ah, okay. Well, that's fair. But like they, they they evacuated hardcore. I believe on my yeah. I believe at the time I was actually thinking if the ship is damaged we will, we will fix it after we kill the yeah. dude. Yeah. Like I mean I know there are rackles and there's a bunch of other stuff and the GMing ship, for this party is going to continually run into this problem of <laughs> yeah. this kind of hazardous situations being being uh, solved by one person alone and everyone but else my, has to follow his lead. My problem was that your hull trauma was pretty high on the ship um, and uh, like I don't think I could have justifiably given you enough parts present on the station to fix it because it was, you know, it was all everything was exploding by this point and there, like there was alarms going off and the Rackles were taking over. You'd have had to have gone back onto the Rackle infested ship. I mean, station. I can't yeah, so I can't I can't blame you for not thinking of it, but or yeah. not deciding to do it. But the thing that I said before was like I would not have questioned if you had said, "Well, the repair droids had repaired your ship while you were away." I felt like that was giving you too much. Well, I mean, I really <laughs> did. I felt it was. I thought it was. It, I it, can to see my your mind, point. To my mind, you you basically. Um, like sprinted past any of the social stuff that would have got your ship fixed, right? Um, but you're, and, but you're... and gone straight to the part where, uh, like, things were happening. 
Right, but you're saying, but the whole the whole the thing there is that you're saying that would be giving us too much. That effectively you would be, you know, being too lenient to us. Except that yeah, you didn't think, so. think that we would have that happen anyway. So it's sort of like a problem, which I mean is as the GM is basically your problem. You didn't expect us to just not have the ship fixed. You were always just, like you gave us this like this fight because you said you made this up, right? Uh, no, no, no. So the, the robot was always going to be here. Right. Um, what I made up was the extra stuff around. Oh, okay. To give you something to do. Right. Okay. Now that's, that's fair, but like you're giving us that stuff. Like if that stuff wasn't there to begin with, what was the reason to give us that stuff? So we're running, what we're running into Just here. Just so that we had what, different what, what skills. What we're running into here. Because there was. Here, is the same issue that we ran into at the beginning of the Mass Effect campaign. Well, hang where... on, just let me answer the question. What? Uh, just let me finish answering the question. Yeah, right. um, I gave you the stuff because not all of you are combat characters. Right, okay. So that's I was thinking it was it. Like that's it. compensating for the fact that we did in fact have a damaged ship, and I was like, well, you're effectively answering the problem that you could have solved. No, no, I, I, I gave you this, this. The ship was was completely out of my calculations. It was just so that if you wanted, if you know, if there was there was going to be a fight at the end, um, then everyone had something that they could do in it. Like mm. I gave uh, specifically things that everyone was able to interact with in the room. Oh. Sorry, what were you saying since second? Oh, what I was saying is, is what we're having here is effectively the same problem that we had at the beginning of the Mass Effect camp, where I had, you know, specific ideas of how you guys would resolve problems in my head and, and planned based off of those specific ideas. And then when you guys um, didn't, I had to improvise on the fly and, and things seemed weird. Um, oh, no, that's I I mean, as far as I um, did, you guys think it seemed weird when I let you get on the ship and run away? No, no, it actually seemed, uh, that seemed all right. I, I figured that was the best option. I let, I let Zagrog do his pilot thing. I let you all yeah. get on the ship. And I made it very clear that the thing was, you know, a big deal. And I actually upped yeah. its stats in a few ways so that it could compete with your ship on the floor. Actually, the, the, that, well, see, that's the thing that makes me think that you were expecting us to leave, or that you, or at least not, no, not expecting I, us to leave. That was entirely made up on the spot. Yeah. Because, like, the fact that you're like, like. In fact, while we were discussing the giant robot, you're like, oh, actually, I don't think I'm explaining how big this thing is, and you, like, made it even bigger on the map. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you made it me, even like, less enticing for us to attack it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You were like, no, no, this, see, all of these things are to me... Okay. That was once you were on the ship, though, right? I no, don't remember. Before, no, that was before we were on the ship. It was possibly once the first person had gone on the ship, and, yeah, like, I think, maybe it was more, it was I think one of you had gone onto the ship, and I was trying to make it clear that it was of a size that it could threaten the ship. <laughs> no, see, what you did was you basically did the thing where you're like, really? No, really? You shouldn't ever be, you should not be fighting this. The same as what you were didn't have a re- We didn't have a good reason to think that we could defeat it with the <laughs> things we were doing. Yeah. Yeah. We had, sh- it's, we had it's put maybe... some, some guns that hit it, but we had no idea we'd done major damage. It's we had no idea where again. we were at in the damage You rate. had done fairly significant damage to it. it was at least like... I don't recall like us having any knowledge of how how far, like how far done he is? Like you know how you mentioned that there was there's the fight with uh, the stormtroopers where it's like no you need to know that these guys aren't to, like worth dealing with. Yeah. We aren't 
Like that's what this sort of felt like, where it's like, yeah, no, no, like you need to learn to, to run point. away sometimes. It this was is meant to was... at that point. Like that that was in, I did I that was I was pushing you towards running away at that right. stage because someone was already on the ship. At least to my mind, someone was on the ship. Uh, and I wanted to make it clear that this is a threat to the ship and it's going to start punching the ship. Well, you did make that. Like, that, that, that is something clear. that you, 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 you conveyed that perfectly well, but the conclusion we came to was, okay, we need to leave even sooner. Yeah. Not, hmm. we need to get back off the ship and fight it. Yeah, right? and, that, and that was fine. Like, that, that was perfectly acceptable for you to do in the this, in this scenario. Like, that made sense. It's just, yeah. I'm not saying it was a problem. I'm saying that I set up this whole encounter, um, and I didn't expect Jin to uh, just try and run away. Oh yeah, no, no, I, I get that. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to convey to you that all of the things that you were doing, to, that whereas, like, I think based on the, the information I'm giving the party, that this is a reasonable conclusion for them to come to, were that we came to a different conclusion for all of the same reasons. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I, I get that. I, I actually wanted you to start like one. Basically, once uh, Jin was on the ship and didn't look like he was getting off of it, I was like, "All right, okay, so let's get the party on the ship and and get them out of here and see how." Uh, it's basically Jin gets on the ship, Sierra uh, uh, follows, and then it's then you. I believe that the action order when Antitonic number one started going for the turrets, and then Jin happened. Yes, yes, and Jin that sounds thing. correct. Then Sierk was was a thing I remember. Really, Sierk was trying to decide what to do, and the conclusion Sierk was came after. grab, grab Vicky and jump on the ship. And Finn that, was, had, that was turn. That was turn two. Oh, okay. I don't, okay, he must maybe just got like halfway across. I know Finn went for the gun because mm-hmm. again, I thought we were like the initial plan wasn't to leave. The initial plan was to get on the ship, use the guns and fire, well, and I was going to get the gun. Your, your guy's initial plan was to leave. <laughs> wasn't no. to leave. Yeah, yeah, was was not to leave. We were going to get on the ship no, and fight, use the guns. My plan was to get yeah. on the ship and use the guns. Right. Then and did, you, did, like, you ex- did you expect the, the thing to attack the ship? Is my question then. Um, I, I, I expected guess... the guns to do more than a piddling amount of damage to it. I think because like, I, I think, think you hit, you missed every no, single shot you fired no, with the ship I guns. You it. missed. No, I hit no. It every time. He hit it. I hit really? it and did. Only and, marginally more damage you, than one of the minor guns. Your reaction to one of the other guns. Oh well, it pings on the side. Doesn't look like it a lot of damage. Like, yeah. like you made it seem like the the ship guns were doing nothing to. It. At which mm. point you were like, oh well, then if the ship guns yeah. aren't doing any damage to it, nothing else we have is going like, to do anything. Like we found, uh, yeah, we find that our ship guns are basically only us, only slightly better than the guns you provided. And uh, and it was we were not showing well we were doing something to it but we were not sure Actually, about never, the way it's punching our ship. And you never fired the other guns. Um, the other guns were comparable to the ship guns in damage to them. Yeah, but the ship didn't seem to be doing any damage. And if the uh, ship guns, hang the on, ship had, guns this thing had thirty six wounds. You did twenty six to it. Well, huh. yeah, we may have okay. So we can't see the numbers. No, I know that. Yeah. All we got was the description. The description that you, the description that you gave, sounded like we were doing nothing to it, uh, well, or more like, like we weren't doing major damage. And yeah. uh, compared to what damage we were taking, we couldn't handle. Yeah, like the, the the way you described it sounded like we weren't doing anything or very little to. Well, it. I mean, I, I don't think I described it as nothing. I think I described it as average damage. But um, yeah, yeah, we so knew it was, it was taking damage. Yeah. But we we were not confident enough in our damage dealing uh, uh, compared to what damage we were taking. Yeah. So, 
And if 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 the gun ship if if the guns on the ship didn't seem to be doing a whole lot of damage to it, my knife wasn't going to do anything to it. <laughs> well, I mean that's interesting because you you um as a, a human sized thing you could have climbed up on it, um and it wouldn't have been able to do a great deal about that apart from trying to shake you off. Yeah, but my <laughs> knife still wasn't going to do much to it. It depends where you stabbed it. Yeah, it's anyway. It's it was like I said. The um, the impression you gave was the overall impression was you shouldn't be fighting this. Yeah, that's fair. Basically, and And so we left. We left, and well, I was uh, away, and then it followed. Yeah, I thought that was quite funny. (laughs) Yeah, it was a bit of a surprise. I wasn't expecting it to follow. To be honest, no, it's not. Like again, again, because. To me, and it's this is at least part like I wouldn't call it meta gaming, but it's more like being a gamer and having seen these sort of tropes and fights is like, oh, you run into something that's really big. Sometimes you need to realize that you need to try to run, and then you run, and then yeah, you I was I was also running with the expectation even, that this is a run fight. Yeah, this that, is a running part and, thing. And that's not even meta gaming. That's like, oh, we have it's, a thing we're fighting that our guns aren't working on it. We need to run. What I, like, but what I mean is, I, I was I was very much keying into it, like to me as a trope, like as a yeah. thing that okay. happens in like I, I can see how that escalated. You, where you go, oh, I'm not killing this. I need to leave. Come so get the problem together, there. Come back and do something later, or find a weak point or something. Yes, um, I understand what happened there. It's that once you got onto the ship, I uh, accidentally made it seem like you weren't doing enough damage to it. Yeah. Um, whereas if you hadn't gone on the ship and tried to use the ship guns, I, you, I would have been more um, descriptive to the amount of damage you were actually doing to it, because no one actually shot at it apart from the ship. I didn't get a chance to show you how good the guns in there were. Yeah. yeah. That's, and considering yeah. that you had two turrets, at least, um, that would have been shooting at it, that would have been a... Those things were badass. It would have been a... Because they're, they're, they're space defense. They're, they're designed, they are designed to repel ships. Yeah, but we didn't have that, and we didn't know that. Like, no, because you, had. because you never got to use them, because you yeah. wanted to get on the ship, because Jin did well, his thing. I, it's, I it's the shot, thing. but I missed. Yeah, you missed. Yeah. That was unfortunate. <laughs> it, anyway, it, it 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 we left, and then it turned into a ship, which was interesting. Which is again, like I wasn't expecting that because my thought was we leave. That's the end of the encounter, and that I don't know. Why is climactic? Would it? Um. No, but I like I didn't. I was more expecting there's something else to happen rather than that. Like that either. I wasn't specifically expecting it the, to become a spaceship. I was expecting it to fire a long range. Or, I could have I could have sent some starfighters at you, but uh, or had it fire long range, but that didn't feel as exciting. Interestingly, yeah. if the space station had then blown up. That probably that would have probably made it feel exciting enough. It's like, oh wow, we only just got out of there in time, and it would have felt like, oh yeah, good I point. But yeah, I don't know. Think and, of that. and then that deals with the theoretically super strong and vulnerable thing we were just fighting, which we have assumed it is because again we don't know that we've been hurting it, and it's like, aha, the bad guy died in a big explosion, and we managed to just survive, and then we feel ourselves very lucky to have gotten yeah. away. On our ramshackle beat up ship at this point, and we don't, um, it, you know, then we feel like the world is very dangerous because 
we could have died several times. Yeah, good point. Um, but I mean, that's that's like me making shit up now, as opposed to you at the time while we're playing. Yeah, I was deep into uh, making shit through. up at that point. You guys to me. Like, ideally, like from the sounds of it, ideally, we would have realized that we were in fact hurting it, fought it, and killed it yep. by whatever means necessary, and then got on our ship and left. Yep, I assume probably, may, possibly just chased by rackles. Yeah, well, I agree. There were many points on that uh, in that in our space station adventure where us doing things in a funny way, in a in a strange way, made things cooler. This this part didn't could have, would have been better if it actually fought to the end, and and we didn't because uh, we uh, got uh, because the, uh, our impression was that we can't beat it. Yeah. Yeah, that was a that was an accident. I thought you guys would um still overall I think most of the uh, mo- like most of the things you because you obviously had to uh, fly by to see your pants a lot for considering that it went really well. Yeah, it yeah. was fun actually. I really enjoyed doing all Yeah, there that were plenty stuff. of really good parts. Oh, I had actually I wanted to go back to the previous scene about with the fight with the captain uh cuz mm-hmm. I because uh, Sir gets this situation where okay, there is this badass captain here, and Sir is effectively already on the elevator, and he has this convenient escape button right here. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, Sir <laughs> has a very interesting choice to make cause, uh, about what he wants to do he has uh, he, there is, he has several options and uh, and and it actually links to his previous experience where he's just gained a whole lot of respect for fen <laughs> mm. so so and and really uh well while while he didn't not while not while he did, doesn't that might not actually like have that much problem with Jin. He certainly is not not like uh, he hasn't had, doesn't have that high of an opinion of Jin, really. So, so it made so so it made made it pretty easy for uh well not easy, but it made sense for Sirk to uh escape while rescuing Fen because <laughs> Fen was clearly worth rescuing. Because effectively, Fen saved Sierk's life. <laughs> I, that can, I actually, I see, I kind of see that. That worked pretty well. Um, right. Uh, that's that was everything. I think we went through. Yep. Um, actually, I'm kind of bummed that we, a little bummed that we are not continuing next with well, this next week. I'm, I actually, I, I'm very much looking forward to uh, playing some fifth edition. But um, yeah, it's. Sure. What I'm going to do in the meantime is give you guys all uh, enough XP to pick a secondary class. All right, we'll, um, we'll, we'll, we'll go over that. And off, we'll, we'll go over that off. And we'll come back to this at a later date when I've had a chance to talk to you guys and figure out where your characters want to go. Because there's like there's this continuing plot hook um, with the the Ratgul thing uh, virus that we'll have to sort out mm. at some point. But there's also your bounties and things, so we'll 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 figure out where your characters are going. What does everyone what everyone think overall? I mean, I enjoy it. I enjoy the system. Yeah. I mean, other than like like I said, the sort of uh, some feelings about the system. Really, I enjoyed. The- <laughs> 
I enjoyed the whole thing. I enjoyed the thing. I enjoyed playing my character, but as I sort of discussed that, like there were some parts of the system that I wasn't a fan of, but other parts that I really liked. The adventure itself uh, was really interesting. Actually, I liked playing the sort of criminal stuff and the flying around in space. Or sort of almost a bit more like I remember uh, since I was sort of describing space cowboys as sort of firefly esque was the idea of you like, being sort of cruising around. This sort of almost felt more like that. Because we ended up being a bit more military in Space Cowboys, yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, and yeah, it, ended up, it was it was a lot of fun actually. That is an advantage of the system. You get you know you get that free roaming because because you can you can now go um, wherever you want. We also, I mean, we also started as criminals, which puts a you know a pretty solid uh, just thematic <laughs> sort of layer on it as being like that. So. I figure your guys' next objective is to like find somewhere to hole up for a bit. Um, um, possibly. Or yeah. we'll talk about that off, off cam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, this, so this is the end of this mini series for now. We'll, we'll come back to it, but uh, for now we're done with with Outer Rim. Uh, next week, season we are, one. Yeah. Next week, yeah. Uh, we start uh, Minds of Fendelver, uh, which is going to be another mini series, and it might continue on. In- full campaign as we chain it into other things depending on how much Corvus enjoys GMing because Corvus is going to be our GM for that. Yay! Well, what I'm hoping is that eventually we can end up um, because at the moment we're doing weekly stuff uh, what would be useful is if we could have one campaign one week and then the other the next. I mean, that's yeah, that's certainly... We'll have to think about it. So like, we'll, it's certainly we'll better it. for the quality of the campaigns, I think, for yeah. from the GM having, perspective. Having more time to prep, but like having a week to prep while also being at work all the time is is a real yeah um, problem. Well, Fandelver's yeah. pre-built, um, so it's not really doesn't actually require that much prep for me. I, I just need to finish rereading, like reading through the whole thing, just to get a an overview of it. And so we can probably probably run that back to back, probably at least two weeks, maybe three. Oh, that's cool. Um, okay, so that, and, um, but after that, I mean, if you wanted to continue with a, a fifth head thing, yeah, we'll we'll see at that point, and and um, at that point we'll have to make decisions. But there are various options that potentially result in being able, if like if I play another pre-built one, we can possibly play it every week. But if we don't play a pre-built one, having that switching off week to week is pro- is better because then I will probably be writing stuff, and that will take time. Yeah. So yeah. All right, we'll so that, that's provisionally that sounds quite good to me. But at least for the next few weeks, we've got uh, we've got this fifth fifth ed thing that I'm going to awesome. see how I go. And if I fail at being a GM miserably, at least it's only a couple of weeks before somebody else can pick it up again. <laughs> yeah. More like more like the, you don't feel like if, if you feel like the GMing doesn't it think uh, doesn't work for you. I'm sure you'll be fine. When I say fail, it's possibly just fails to be a thing I want to do, or like this yeah. just didn't work out as the way I was expecting. You know. Yeah. But we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. The, the, the advantage of fifth ed over pretty much any other system is that it's much easier on the DM because there's a whole lot of rules backing you up for stuff you can do. Yeah. What was that? Somebody sneeze, maybe? Uh, it was like a big screechy noise. Anyway, yeah, plus this one's pre-built, so the whole thing's written for me. Yep. It's nice. <laughs> nice. And uh, also next week we'll have two more people. Uh, those of you that listen to Grand Terra, Jeremy and Aaron, and Tara are going to be joining us uh, and as we delve into Minds of Fendelver. So. <laughs> yes, it'll be good. I think I see what they were doing there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Things, um, things in D&D aren't that cleverly named, to be honest. 
sometimes. <laughs> all right. Uh, so yeah, this has been Outer Rim. Thank you all very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the conversation and enjoyed the uh, the series itself. Back next week with Fandelver. So till then, say goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Everybody. Bye. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.